Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We will, of course, take your calls about absolutely anything. And, in fact, I think we're going to go to an unscreened call here just to start things out completely randomly. Uh, You're on the amp line. Hello, who is this? Hi, Xander in Illinois. Xander, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, actually, I saw this report. Have you guys ever heard of something called uh, ball tapping? (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. Yes, I, uh, I saw this as well. Mark, do you know what this is all about? No. Oh, it's so asinine. Go ahead. Explain, Xander. Uh, basically, it's a form of, uh, well, it's, 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 it, it varies, but, like, sometimes people will hit each other in the crotch area, but it's getting really out of hand, and in middle schools, it's getting to the point where people are getting hit and not reporting about it, and this one kid was bullied so much with it and didn't report it to the point where he needed, sur- like, emergency surgery. Gosh. And, you know, when I was growing up, that was like the absolute no-no, like to hit another guy down there. It's just like, it, yeah, it that's not funny. That's that not cool. It's not fun. It's it's awful. Yeah, that's not nice. Yeah, but you're saying this is so, this has essentially become a fad. It has, yes. It's all over YouTube and all that stuff, and it's just like that's not cool. Is, that's all I have you, to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that, uh, Xander. Anything else uh, that you want to well, share? Actually, it kind of just just made me think about like just middle school. At least for from who everyone I've talked to, it was like an absolutely terrible time of like as far as the kids getting in like that period of yes, uh, bullying and whatever. Like how would how would how could you solve that in like like a free market? If you were to restructure, would you put that in with like the high schoolers or something like that? Would that keep them in line? You think or? I, just, that whole thing just seems like a disaster to me. It's just speculative, right? But there is a yeah. th- th- there's there's a corporate conversation in in just about every organization. This is, you know, I, I, what I feel some of sort of the legitimacy of c- holding corporations as persons. That and it's it's a very small kernel of it, but um, you know, like. Corporations, businesses, entities, they all have these conversations, ones that continue throughout the years. Um, and p- people who went through boot camp um, and, and experienced the oral tradition of the, the uh, corporate identity of the military will definitely understand what I'm saying in that these sergeants repeat what their sergeants told them, what their sergeants told them, and sometimes they'll tell stories that are a hundred years old, use terminology that are, you know, a hundred years old, and it's these oral traditions that get p- carried on. And I think that our public school system is, you know, carrying on sort of the tradition of hazing and, and that kind of thing that's been going on in schools for so long. I think that, uh, you know, that it's a dog-eat-dog world in public school uh, in general, and I think that that to some extent passes on to uh, private school, and I think it's based on keeping the kids together in age groups. Um, and, and, you know, I've kind of been working on this corporate conversation uh, thing over the last week or so, and I'm, you know, if, if anybody has any comment on it, I'm, I'm certainly uh, w- willing to hear it. But I kind of feel like, uh, you know, keeping kids in the same age groups together is, an, is a very unusual thing to do in the world. Uh, kids are raised sort of around other groups of kids, and I don't know what precisely would uh, fix it. I think that, you know, the first, the first thing that I would say for people, if you want to get your kids out of this, is homeschooling. 
Um, I mean, yeah. I had a, a friend who homeschooled her kid, and you know, the, the what what people the these the sort of uh, Stockholm syndrome around public school is that your kid has to be hazed in order to uh, you know properly be socialized. Somebody's got to beat him up. Somebody's got to call him dirty names. Somebody's got to terrorize him at the bike rack. Otherwise, your kid won't grow up to be a man. Well, I, I don't know, Mark. I, that. Maybe that exists to some extent, but I definitely share where Xander's coming from in that middle school is a difficult time for a lot of people. I know it was difficult for me, uh, very formative years, obviously, and I think to answer your question, uh, Xander, maybe a little differently, is yes, of, of course the marketplace would do things differently. I mean, this is a, the government school system is, it's basically the Prussian education system, and it's, you know, it's very regimented and set in its ways, and like Mark is saying, it's been going on that way for a long time. Uh, I think the marketplace would best find out what the best organizations are as far as how to group kids together or how to educate them or in what ways to uh, to bring people together because the government school system certainly is is guilty of bringing people together who might not otherwise come together you've got different people of different interest groups and that sort of thing all meshed in together who they may not want to spend time with one another, and that's going to create problems. That's going to create strife. And, of course, the government's solution to that is, well, punishment for anybody that steps out of line. But it just pushes the fights off school property. It just pushes you know, things. They don't actually solve any of the problems that are that are created. It's They're just trying to paper over them, I think. Or they bottle, think, bottle them up to the yeah. point that things like Columbine happen. Right. So I think that the answer is... It's very likely that in the marketplace, you probably have some people trying the old government school method of uh, periods during the day and classes of certain age ranges. And then you'd have innovators that were trying other things and different uh, ideas and seeing what works best. I think it would uh, become pretty clear over a matter of probably months, if not years, uh, which schooling model is the most I don't know, safe for young people, which is the the best for socializing, which is uh, the most effective at educating. Currently, all we have is which one costs me the least to send my kid to. And I, you know, I I addressed this in the interview that we're going to attach to the end of the podcast tonight. But I I was just talking with us about um, about this with Jacob Hornberger from the uh, Future of Freedom Foundation. And I we were recently on the show talking about uh, studies that were done in foreign countries where the the poorest of the poor people in the world scrape together the pennies that they could get probably over a year's time in order to send their kids to private schools rather than public schools and and as the staggering numbers of them um, that were doing this and here in the United States we're (laughs) content to send our kids to public schools even when I suspect if you asked people, most of them would say that private school provi- private schools provide a better education. But they don't care. They, you know, we got to have cell phones and a, cu- a couple of cars and big screen TVs, and we got to have those things. We don't care about educating our kids. Mm. Uh, we don't care that the public school system w- that we know is inferior to private schools. We we don't care that it's kicking out kids that are edu- uh, You know, twenty percent of them are functionally illiterate that graduate. Well, it's what we grow. It's what we grew up with. So therefore, we think it's good for our kids or whatever. I think that happens a lot. I, it, yes, I, I think you might be right, and it's sad. So, Xander, any other thoughts on this? No, that's it. All right, Thanks, man. Guys. Appreciate the call. Thanks for bringing that up. In fact, I had the story here uh, from over the weekend, and we, it's one of those stories we just never got to, from uh, com. It's a disturbing game with devastating consequences, and a new survey suggests it's rampant in Indiana schools. Ball tapping is the act of intentionally hitting or kicking a male in the genitals. 
Earlier this month, an eyewitness news investigation showed the game has become commonplace in some area schools, resulting in serious injuries for the students. As part of the investigation, WTHR also conducted a statewide survey of school nurses. The results are in, and they show the problem of ball tapping is more common and widespread than many school officials had realized. School nurses from 163 Indiana schools participated in the anonymous survey, and 33% of them said they're aware of ball tapping happening at their school within the past 12 months. But a closer look at the statistics shows the problem is much more serious in some schools than others. 23% of school nurses who work at the elementary level say they've heard, seen or heard of ball tapping at their school. That number nearly doubles in high schools, where 43% of school nurses say they've seen it. In middle school, 62% of school nurses said they're aware of students engaging in ball tapping. President of the Indiana Association of School Nurses says she would have expected it to be a low number and would not have expected the school nurses to have had much experience with it at all because I think it's something most kids won't talk about with a nurse, which makes sense. I, I would have to agree with that. So assuming that that, that statement is, is true, then this already high number may very well be much higher. Even higher, yeah. I'm very surprised, she says, uh, with the whole issue, and it's given me a new perspective. Among the 72 middle school and high school nurses who participated, 50% said they'd seen students who came into the school clinic seeking assistance related to an incident of ball tapping. Half of those nurses also reported they had observed the problem several times each school year, and about 10% said it happens on uh, their school on a daily or weekly basis. 800-259-9231. It's like the movie... Um, idiocracy come alive almost more coming up here you can bring up whatever you want this is free talk live have you been thinking about starting a website i'm going to tell you about a great offer from hostgator hostgator is a worldwide leader for web hosting and they make it easy to get your own com domain name you create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates use the coupon code ftl that's ftl is in free talk live and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, and they include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. It's right here in New Hampshire amongst hundreds and soon thousands of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are getting active to achieve liberty in their lifetimes. Uh, don't you want to join them? Well, learn more about it. I bet you will. Uh, that is, if you love freedom enough and are willing to pick up and move for it, I think uh, it's an interesting little project. That's why I moved here, and it's been uh, some of the best three years of my life so far. Freestateproject.org is where you want to go to learn more about it. That's freestateproject.org. I'm going to go to your phone calls, but first I'm going to give you a little bit more information here about ball tapping. As our caller Xander started the show out with this, I happen to have the news article from WTHR.com in Indiana, where apparently this is it's real big in Indiana, and apparently it's, it's, uh, it's hitting YouTube, and, and according to Xander, it's going on across the country. Ball tapping is basically kids kicking boys. I guess girls can engage in the tapping behavior. But kids kicking boys in the crotch. 
I don't think it's just kicking. I think that uh, you know, there's the the tapping part probably came around from. Uh, you know, I, I guess I guess I've experienced this. Uh, you know, guys just thinking they're you know the just a quick tap down there, and it was it was funny to uh, see another guy react to that. And so I think that that's sort of you know as you're going past, you can just boop and get with them. your foot or with your hand. Hand. Or, okay. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, maybe hands are involved here. I don't know. Let's see what Jake Arn has to say about it. He doesn't need survey results to convince him that ball tapping is a serious problem. Classmates began hitting him in the groin when he was in sixth grade, and it continued for years. Arn said, I was just a scrawny kid everybody picked on to make themselves look better. If you get hit in that area, you just want to fall and cry, but I tried not to. By the time Jake got to Danville High School, he says he was being ball tapped every week, sometimes even three or four times a day. Jeez. Sometimes it would just be the flick of a wrist, and there was that one time I actually got hit in the area with a socket wrench, he recalled. Oh, awful. When I got hit with that, I actually hit just hit the ground and laid there in the fetal position for five to ten minutes for the pain, go, um, for the pain to go away, and then I got up and went to class. Jake never told his parents, and he never told his teachers, fearing the bullies at school would hit him even harder if they got in trouble. I just thought, it's, it's pain. I'll deal with it, said Arn. When Jake graduated in May of 2009, he thought that all the pain would be a thing of the past. Turns out it was just getting started. In late October, Jake was rushed to Hendricks Regional Hospital in Danville, where doctors performed an emergency operation. Years of enduring ball tapping had finally taken its toll. Undetected scar tissue had completely sealed off Jake's urinary tract, resulting in horrifying pain. It was pain like I'd never felt before, said Jake. It was like taking a knife and just jamming it down in your stomach and dragging it all the way down through your genital area. The urologist said the signs can go undetected for years until it hits you like it hit me. Doctors placed a catheter in Jake's urethra and told him he'll need another operation to fix all the damage caused by repeated blows to the groin. For Jake's father, that recent trip to the emergency room was the first time he'd ever heard of ball tapping. I said, he said, I, in an... I never in a million years would have thought this was happening to him. And evidently it's happening at a lot of schools. It's not just his school. It's a more serious problem than what I'd imagined, said one of the nurses. I had no idea the kids were that violent with it. Watching your video, I was appalled. And the survey is somewhat surprising because I guess they went undercover as a, a TV station that, uh, that did this. Conway says the Eyewitness News investigation and survey should be a real wake-up call. Though, what are they going to do about it? How are they going to stop this? This is it's turning into, it sounds like a cultural thing that kids in schools are ball tapping. I, I can't imagine. So there you have it. I mean, the, the story goes on, but and Jake has some final words. He says, if you're in school right now and you're dealing with it, don't be afraid to say something. Ask teachers, go to counselors, ask the nurses. I wish I had it's told an somebody. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, and I'm not saying that it should be dealt with a young person. I don't think an, an assault by a young person should be dealt with in the same way that an assault by an adult should be uh, dealt with. But people have to re have to understand that this behavior is completely unacceptable. And that's what uh, you know at that time period in people's lives. That's what they, you know. That's that's when they need to be taught. Yeah, I would say that. If nothing is able to be done by these government schools, if they just tap them on the hand, if you will, and uh, and not really give these kids any significant level of punishment that actually somehow puts a stop to it, 
parents should definitely get their kids out of these schools. I mean, that's just another reason to get your kids out of government schools. In case you needed yet another one, now you have it. Uh, your sons could be being ball tapped, and they may not be being—they may not be forthright about it. They may not tell you about it, and who knows what kind of damage is being done. Right. I mean, they're institutions, and just like uh, you know, the, the the big institution, prison, you know, they they have this sort of no snitching policy in public school. I don't know how it got there or whatever, but it's you know, somehow you're less of a man if you go to the the principal and say, hey, look, the, or you know, whomever it, you know, whoever the authority figure is there, and say, hey, look, these people are assaulting me. So, uh, so get get your kids out. That's the, the the number one way to solve the problem of them being forced to socialize with people who are literally terrorizing them on a daily basis. Toll free numbers eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And of course, it's just like I said, idiocracy come alive. If you haven't seen that movie. Uh, Go and rent it. It's Mike Judge. He's the guy that directed Beavis and Butthead and a number of other things. And It's a brilliant film that just talks about the dumbing down of American society. Uh, and there's what one the future's going to look like. Yeah, there's one scene. It seems a little exaggerated, but who would have thought that this would be happening right now? There's one scene in the movie where it's a television, and they're showing this TV star. And he's a big star because... Well, he gets kicked in the balls. I mean, that's what happens to him. That's all the show is, is just people kicking, this guy taking ball damage all throughout the entire show. Yeah. And now you have it happening in the hallways of schools all across the country. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Let's go to your calls. Uh, Scott's listening in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Scott, do you know if uh, ball tapping is going on up in Canada as well? (laughs) I imagine there is some. Uh, the thing I was thinking about as you guys were talking about that is that it's so unusual that you think about the behavior in, in high school and, and middle school, and then as soon as you leave that environment and go to, say, a job or even just college, another school, but it's a completely different environment where something like that wouldn't happen. And I agree. I, I don't know why exactly that is. I'm trying to figure it out because kids, I don't think they really think about the difference about government school and private school. I don't think they really think about that, except to know that maybe they can get away with more in public school. Um, well, I think that, yeah, the consequences aren't as I guess severe. Yeah. In the in a in a college, for instance, the kids' money is on the line, or parents' money is on the line, and I guess there's a little bit more that could, uh, could go wrong if they were to engage in behavior like that. Plus, you do also have the maturity factor uh, to some yeah, extent. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm trying to think back to myself when I was that age and, and thinking about I, I was sort of the one that would get picked on more than would do any picking on. I'm sure mm-hmm. I, I probably picked on a few people, but. Uh, I'm trying to remember back to, like, what's the difference between that and, and I think I think it is consequences. If I couldn't go to my job and smack my coworker in the nuts, I'd get fired. Absolutely. And is there anything else you wanted to share? Uh, that, that's good for tonight, guys. Scott, I appreciate hearing Thank from you. you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we're back to talking about incentives, right? In the government school system, there aren't as many incentives as there are out in the real world. For kids to behave. In a larger group, people can hide a little more, too. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. 
Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes. Fish keeps your heart strong. And how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system's there with over 500,000 posts. So there's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all, and a whole bunch of trolls at bbs.freetalklive.com. And you hate making those extra trips out to the car just to carry in more grocery bags? Well, for the last several months at my house, we've been using the Tota Sack, and I love it. It makes it so easy. It's a wonderful little handle that is made from 100% recycled materials right here in the United States that allows you to carry a whole lot more than you otherwise would be able to. And it makes it so I can bring the groceries back in from the car in one trip. You know, um, <laughs> I've gotten so used to using the Tota Sack to bring the groceries in that I've, uh, I just don't like to take the cart outside of the store anymore because I... You know, I always feel responsible for putting it somewhere, and I just don't like that experience. So I just, I, I only had, I think it was six bags at the grocery store to, uh, on su- Sunday when we went, and I forgot my Tota sacks in the car. Oh. So I just carried them to the, you know, to the car in just my regular hands because I didn't want to bring the cart because I'd gotten spoiled by the Tota sacks and not having to bring a cart. And I put them in the back, and then I put the Tota sacks through them so that I, so that Laura would be able to carry them in. And it ended up that I had to then carry them into the house too because you know Jack was being um, a little bit of a trouble trouble at the time. So I got the experience of just shortly before carrying them without the the Tota sacks mm-hmm. and then carrying with, and it's just a world of difference. I mean, it's so much easier. I'm so glad I have these things. They are a handy tool, and you can get yours at totasack.com. T O T A S A K. Dot com. As we continue here, taking your phone calls, let's go to, uh, I believe Bill is with us in Kentucky. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, guys. Bill, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, first thing I want to address Mark uh, and ask you a question about education. Uh, made the comment that uh, the uh, education of your kids would depend on what would uh, be the cheapest or the most cost effective uh, and i was I just wanted to kind of figure out what you know where that was going like what what you had in mind uh, before I asked my question or or make my point like, when did I make that comment? As, you made a comment to the effect of the only thing that people can compare with schools is the price. You mean in American society? Yes. Okay. Um, what I was trying to, the, the, what I was trying to get across is, is I don't understand what's different here in America or wrong with Americans, in that uh, the it seems like the only thing that uh, you know Americans care about when they send their kids to public schools compared to. Other people in this study that we we read uh, a couple of weeks ago in some of the poverty-stricken countries, the private school uh, attendance is significantly higher than it is here in America, and we don't seem to make those choices. So you're not saying, Mark, that it was it was your criteria as far as price was the only thing that you were looking at? You're, you were... Price is an issue, and in, in certainly looking at uh, my child's education. But um, you know, if since I refuse to send my kid to public school, then I I would say that price oh, okay. is probably not the issue. That settles that settles that. I was I was ready to bring up the, the big guns on that because uh, you, know, you followed that up with people care about their you know their 
uh, their TV and all that stuff, but they don't care about their uh, kids' education. But as long as you don't have any interest in public school, we're set a lot. But, but yes, you know, it's. Uh, I was also want to add on the uh, the whole uh, what we call bag tagging. Um, <laughs> it had a different name <laughs> when you were in school. Well, that yeah. one I think is more clever. Maybe, maybe it's colloquial. I don't know, but uh, but uh, it, it wasn't really anything that was widespread. Uh, the, the, the rural kind of small school experience I had was uh, was kind of surreal in, in ways. But but uh, I was in the marching band, and I guess it was customary during the uh, the band practices, which of course were out you know in, a, in an open field to. Uh, those guys that just go around, you know, somebody's standing, uh, supposed to be standing at attention or standing there focusing on something, and somebody just come up behind them and just, you know, wow. And uh, uh, so that was my experience with it. And I seemed to get a lot of it because of the fact that uh, I wouldn't reciprocate. I wouldn't do that to anybody else. So people were always trying to push and, and see, uh, I, I bet you 10 bucks, I'll, I bet you $5 or, or or you know, just to see how yeah, sure. far they could go before I would return. So, wow. So at least that was my experience. So, and how long ago was this that uh, that you were in school? Oh, well, um, well, that was uh, I'm old. Ninety seven, ninety eight. Okay, so I would have been in school about my age then. I where at yeah, least I was in um, high school at that at that time. Was this a high school that you're talking was, about? Yeah. It was, Ninth, tenth, eleventh grade. Of course, as I got older, it it didn't happen as much. But as a freshman, and and it wasn't really the the bigger guys doing it. It was just. uh, You don't need to be bigger to uh, to bag tag. Hey, thank you for the call tonight, Bill. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We're talking about apparently what is becoming a more widespread phenomenon. As perhaps it's as a result of YouTube. Uh, Perhaps that's the internet is making this more popular than it ever was in the past but i blame rock and roll music according to bill there the bag tagging or ball tapping has been going on for a long time wherein young boys or or boys in high school will uh, have their scrotums uh, attacked in a violent fashion and i think it's all absolutely awful well, I think it's the gonads contained within the scrotum that are probably uh, yes, bearing the brunt of the the, the pain. That's true. It's <laughs> to me, it's it's shocking. Uh, but I guess I guess it's not so that shocking. this wasn't happening in the 80s. I it well not in school. This wasn't going on. But uh, I was. I in, never noticed it. I was, I was in another school. institution for most of the 90s. Right. And that was prison. And yeah, you know that 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 was kind of a fun little game that uh, that, that they would play there. I guess I. I, I this perhaps is not fun. This I perhaps not participated. Fun. I don't really remember it clearly, but I am the kind of <laughs> I am the kind of guy that picks on other people. I, I've admitted, admittedly, I've you done are that. that kind of guy. I have been in my life that kind of guy. I've also been the kind that's been picked on, and I think every most people have it been cycles. in, in both both that's circumstances. What to me. Yeah, yeah. I was picked on, and then when I got old enough, I picked on some because the school I went to was, I think fourth through twelfth grade most for most of the years that I went to it. And so there were a lot of younger kids around, and uh, the, well, obviously they're easier to victimize. So I've been through the uh, the cycle of violence as well, and I, I'm I'm ashamed of it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's talk to Nick in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hi. I think this is the perfect time to talk about something called the Voluntary Human Extinction Movement. Extinction? Uh, yes. Uh, it's perfect time because you guys are talking about ball tapping, and I just happened to stumble upon this little movement um, that was talked about, uh, but I don't know if you've heard of them. 
uh, I, I don't really know how to pronounce his name, Francois Tremblay. Okay, yeah, Francois Tremblay. Yep, he's okay. been on the show before. All right. Uh, so uh, I just sort of wanted to. Um, I, I'm not exactly a supporter, but I think this is a very interesting idea. Um, did you guys ever heard of this, or? No, please inform. Oh, all right. Uh, well, I'll I'll just quote. Um, it says about the movement. It's just one. Like it has like six uh, six paragraphs. Six paragraphs. Um, well, actually, really short. Like, they're just spaced out sentences, well, basically. Go for it. Um, so, VHEMT, pronounced vehement, is a movement, not an organization. It's a movement advanced by people who care about life on planet Earth. We're not just a bunch of mis- misanthropes and antisocial uh, Methusian misfits taking morbid delight whenever disaster strikes humans. Nothing could be further from the truth. Voluntary human extinction is the humanitarian alternative to the human disasters. We don't carry on about how the human race is shown itself to be a greedy, immoral parasite in the once healthy faces of the planet. That type of negativity offers no solution to the inexorable horrors which human activity is causing. Rather, the movement presents an encouraging alternative to the callous exploitation and wholesale destruction. All right, so what are they getting at? Ecology. Well, I'm sort of getting it. Getting at it. Um, There's a lot of preface. hate to hurry up or anything, Nick. Can you jump to the point? um, What? Can you jump to the point? The point is the name of it. Um, It's basically advocating the... um, that when every human chooses to stop breeding, Earth's biosphere will be allowed to return to its former glory, and all remaining creatures will be free to live, die. Evolve. So this is kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek, then? Uh, it's no, it is serious. It is a very serious. No, movement. it's not. They're making fun of the environmental movement. No, is what not. it sounds like it to is me. Actually, serious. You can go on it. Well, I've done my part. I've got a vasectomy. Thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I have proudly spawned. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Manchester Brewing, where our John Thomas Red really melts in your mouth. That's manchesterbrewing.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls here. And by the way, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the ways you can do that is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to get, it's the holiday season. You probably have a few things on your list. Go ahead and take care of it at amazon.freetalklive.com. You'll likely get the products you're looking for at great prices, free super saver shipping, even used items if you need to save a few extra bucks, amazon.freetalklive.com. We go to Larry, listening in Arkansas. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Larry, in yeah. Arkansas. You're on the air. Okay. Um, I wanted to cover kind of a wide range here, and then um, uh, just its information uh, the New World Order vehicles have been traveling up and down Highway 71 South. New World uh, Order vehicles. What do they yeah. look like? Yeah, what's that they're, mean? they're using the little bitty gas-saving cars, and they have, uh, <laughs> I'm not 
What color are they? Certain that's what they are, but they have a little blue circle on them with mm. le- you know, kind of like some wraparound blue leaves on them. And leaves, blue leaves. You know the new. So the, you're uh, saying new, that you're saying the the new world order now. That for those that don't know, uh, the, the new world order is kind of this conspiracy where uh, the believers uh, are are convinced that there's a certain group of bankers that are looking to take take over the world or or power elites that are you know, looking mean. to expand their their power and, and all of that. I think that there there's truth to the fact that there are people in search of power. Uh, I don't know if they call themselves the new world order or whatever. I bet they've got a lot of money. Yeah, and I don't know if they've got little uh, environmentally friendly vehicles uh, tooling up and down the roads, but hey, maybe you know something we don't. So okay, uh, um, go ahead. Um, okay. Uh, now, how do you know? How do how do you know? Black. Well, what happens is there's black black suburbans, mm-hmm. and then in front of this convoy of military vehicles, I'm just reporting this. I don't know exactly what's to it, and I've seen them little cars in you know coming up right behind them and stuff like that. So they're it's coming behind the uh, the convoy? The, yeah. The environmentally friendly cars? Yeah. And they're they're all black is what you're saying except for the blue leaves? No, they're just all different colors, the little cars. They're the mostly cars. white and red. Huh. Okay, so you're saying the the suburbans are black, the little cars are different colors. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were um, just out of curiosity, if you were one of these men in black guys and in the uh, that are driving these vehicles, be they the Suburbans or the the Prius, wouldn't you feel bad if you were assigned to the Prius and you didn't get to drive one of the in the Suburbans? <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, with all the money they have. So, um, so how many? How, I mean, are you saying this from personal experience? How many times have you seen this? It seems to be about. It slowed down a little bit, but it seems to be about. Twice a month. Uh, and are you a trucker? I mean, a professional no, driver? No, I live right on a highway. So we sit right there and watch for them. So you sit and watch the traffic uh, yep. when, you're, when you have mm-hmm. nothing else to do, huh? And, yeah. And then the other thing is, this is kind of interesting. I don't know if there's anything to it. They released Squeaky Fromm from, Squeaky Fromm from prison a while back. That's one of the Manson people. Oh, yeah. And, the gal. and uh when they did that, I was thinking, what's with the timing on this? And then I was watching an anti-war protest on the uh, computer about a week ago, and she was right in the middle of the demonstration. Hmm. I mean, I got a clear shot of her. Interesting. Is, yeah, is it, and now, so did, that looked false flag there. Did, I don't then, know what you're talking about. What was false about that flag? Uh, it just looked like some... Maybe the government's up to some kind of false flag or something. Gotcha. Isn't uh, a now, false wait wait? Isn't a false flag where the government will essentially do something that will likely be some sort of violent event and and paste it on a patsy or paste it on some sort of right. other organization? So, like, does is it possible that you're just seeing things that aren't there? Um, no, because I watch for it. I'm on the computer. I'm I'm uh. I have a lot of time on the computer, so I yeah. cover, you know, a lot of areas. Um, now you've got time on the computer, and you've got time um, sitting out on the, the the porch watching the road. And I'm wondering what times of day are you seeing these things, and uh, you know that that kind of thing. I guess are you, are you out there at one night? O'clock in, one o'clock in the afternoon usually. What about the black helicopters? How do they factor in? Uh, the black helicopters. Uh, all I know is I live close to a base, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. they have those little. Spy planes. I don't know what. I can't remember what they're Predators? called. Uh, they so, got two wings on the back. What do you What do you think the point of all this is? 
The point is, I'm getting information out to the public, trying to get information out. But what is the um, information, and what are you attempting to accomplish? I mean, what good, what good is the information it, if the information is that there's some black vans driving, or there's some black SUVs okay. driving down the, the highway? Um, just to make let people aware that the uh, New World Order is <laughs> on the move. What is that Where are they mean? going, though? <laughs> Any idea? North? South? <laughs> Different directions, just to confuse you. Yeah. Um, okay. Where are and they moving to? Point, my what? last point was that... What does it matter if they're on the move? Why would they have not been on the move before? Are you suggesting that before uh, recently that the New World Orderites had never moved anywhere, that they just kind of stayed put? Oh, no. Well, what are you trying... I mean, talk about useless. <laughs> well, I mean, where, come on. Where are they going is what I want to know. I would like to know that, too. North or south? What, east or west? <laughs> They were headed. They were moving between Little Rock, Arkansas, and Fort Smith, Arkansas. Hmm. Why don't you ever follow them? Why don't you hop in your uh, your well, car? And... I'm thinking about it. There you go. Um, the other thing is uh, something wow. that kind of aggravates me. Uh, a lot of programs uh, they tell people what's going on, mm-hmm. and they let everybody know. But I don't hear much on what we can do ourselves. Uh huh. Well, that's because the conspiracy – that's an interesting observation that you've made. And if you don't mind, I'd like to opine on it for a moment sure. here. Uh, sure. The conspiracy theory movement, of which I don't consider myself a part, uh, the conspiracy theory movement is really a defeatist movement. Uh, it basically exists to get people all paranoid and scared about all of the things that could be going on when we already know that there are a lot of things that absolutely are going on that you don't have to – uh, you don't have to speculate about. There are very concrete realities that are reported in mainstream uh, media like police raids and other awful things that uh, that happen that are pretty crystal clear that show that uh, the tyranny in this country is absolutely out of control. We don't need to speculate about what might have happened here or what, what the real story was or who's really in charge or anything like that. Because when you start doing that, when you start talking about, well, there's this evil, uh, these evil group of bankers and they're really controlling the world and they meet secretly and they're plotting to uh, exterminate 80% of the population, and you know, I'm just kind of running down some of the, the, the talking points that you'll hear on the conspiracy talk shows. When you start spouting that stuff off, or when these shows are spouting that stuff off, you're right. It's, it's well observed on your part, Larry, that they don't offer solutions, because, well, how could they? Their message is doomsday. Their message is that everyone's going to be exterminated. Their message is that uh, these evil people are so wealthy and, and powerful that they can't be stopped. That all you can do is uh, build an underground bunker and uh, stock up on food and hope that they don't come after you. I mean, it really just promotes this defeatist, we can't win uh, mentality that I think is very, very dangerous. Uh, in fact, some would even suggest that the conspiracy theory movement is uh, is essentially propagated by agents of the government in order to distract well-meaning people like yourself into getting uh, concerned about the movements of vehicles on the highway as though that actually, you know, does anything. So here's what I'd like to suggest to you, Uh and that is that if you actually understand what liberty is, and Uh that is that you believe in liberty, do do you know what, what, what that means? What does that mean to you? Liberty means the freedom to, uh... Put anything in my body that I want to put into it. That's one of them. Sure, sure. Okay, freedom to me means 
to own a gun. Freedom to me means being able to speak my peace. Yeah, how about to live your life how you want so long as you don't hurt somebody else? How right. about that one? So right. if you love freedom and you want to see freedom happen, because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking right. about the people that don't want you to be free, that want to control you and want to extract your wealth from you, and then the rest of us that actually do want to live free. And I do have a solution, and it is the Free State Project at freestateproject.org, because we're willing to do something about this. We're willing to... Uh, we, I understand, and I think a lot of people understand, that the problem is people that want power over others. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what families they belong to or right. what banks they own or which direction they're driving on the highway or who they're riding with. What matters is that we stand up for freedom and that we stop obeying bad laws and that we stop uh, th that we get together and gather together to where we can have strength in numbers, not for violent purposes, but for peaceful uh, purposes to uh, to peacefully evolve to the next step, a uh, great step for mankind. And I think that can only happen when you get like-minded people together. So I'd say put down the conspiracy theory books and shows and start focusing on what you can do. And one of the things you can do is go to freestateproject.org. And I thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Hour 2 is coming up. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to Quebec. Alexander is on the line. Alexander, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, um, I have a pair of unruly twins that run all over the place while I'm in the store. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Ooh, sounded like it was going to be a joke, but you never got to it. Your clunk. 800-259-9231. Compose yourself, people! All right, Mark, you've got an email you want to share with us. I do, and it's um, this is it's shocking, and we, we don't read a heck of a lot of emails. More on... shocking than ball tapping? Um, it, in a different way, I'd okay. say, yes, is what I would say. We don't read a lot of emails on Free Talk Live. Uh, we really just read a couple of varieties of them. I you, like emails. Yeah. Just that we take calls first. It's Free Talk Live, not Free Email Live. Um, if you want to get your thoughts on the air, best way to do it is to call. So the one type is, uh, you know, questions about for us uh, about liberty and things like that. We mm -hmm. definitely cover that a lot. And the second one is sort of shocking firsthand news. And uh, a personal account. Yeah, a personal account. This is an email from uh, James, and 
I've got to say that I believe everything that this thing says just the way it's written. However, I must say, I have not sent... This is an NPR. We did not send out a teenaged intern to follow this guy around for three weeks. Uh, you know, I, I got no ideas. I believe what he says, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's just how it is. You know, yep. Somebody emails us, that's what it is. It's an email, so take that as it is. So James says... Uh, Same please, thing with a blog post, you know. It really is. You can write whatever you want. Uh, and and even if it's not true, it uh, it likely has been at some point. So you yeah, know, let me hear it. It's, it's an issue. Is, yeah. Please forgive me for having uh, to email instead of uh, calling the show. Due to circumstances, explain below. I'm forced to listen to the podcast at the public library, and thus get it at least a day late. This email is in regards to your O uh, four December episode. This is my personal experience with the subject, and I hope you will take the time to read this email and perhaps uh, read it or at least part of it online. I assume he means on air, um, so that perhaps uh, others might get another perspective. Thank you for your time. So where to start? Well, I guess it would help if you had some basic information on me. I have no family. This is James. Like um, I like to say, my family tree was chopped down and used for toilet paper. Went right uh, to the orphanage into the military. Right from the or- orphanage into the military. In the fullness of time, I became a member of the Navy UDT SEAL teams and eventually an officer. Officer, officer in the SEALs. Got it. While in the military, I spent 65 days as Pretty a elite, as yeah. a detainee. No war means um, no war means no POW um, in Angola. I was, to be blunt, tortured repeatedly. Important later. Also, as a result, I walk with the aid of a cane. Having lost 85 to 90% of function in my left leg, I was also rendered sterile, but that's not really relevant here. I'm a um, hard-ass, stiff-necked SOB. Sometimes I have a big mouth, sometimes put uh, my mouth into gear uh, prior to engaging my brain. Not too bright. Always have viewed myself as expendable. Death does not frighten me um, in the least. Failure, yes. Death, no. I, it, doesn't this kind of sound like a soldier to you? I would say. I mean, I mean, it just it I has have, that sure. feel, right? Yeah. And and one of the reasons I'm not cutting this out is because I, I, it adds a flavor to the story, and I I feel that All it's right. important. So he takes takes a deep breath and counts to ten five times in four languages. Stop stalling. Get on with it. Before I start, let me say I understand fully that some of what I am about to say strains credibility. Nonetheless, I'm being honest, good, bad, and ugly. I'm laying it on the line here. About 6.30 in the morning, I took the kids, our dogs are our kids, to my wife and I, whom are chi- human childless. I have a white wolf dog, and she has a Yorkie. My wife was in the shower getting ready to go to work at her job as a waitress. Not, uh, you know, imposing people here. You know, a guy who's retired military and a, and a waitress. Living a nice life with a couple of dogs. Okay. I got to the end of the block when two white nondescript vans screeched to a stop, ten males in full combat gear, including baklavas, to hide their faces, armed with MP5. Baklava. Baklava is a delicious, uh, tasty treat. How do you know they weren't wearing that? (laughs) Um, MP5 machine pistols jumped out, surrounded me, and ordered me to get face down on the ground. Oh, boy. My dog has been trained as a guard dog. He immediately bristled and growled, though did not attack. Could not have, if he wanted to, he was on a three-foot leash. The Yorkie... Um, on one uh, was on one of those uh, retractable kind uh, mm-hmm. that go at about 12 feet. Because of my training, I did not panic. I calmly stated, while they screamed at me to get down on the ground, that I lived less than a block away, and I'd go put my dogs in the house and surrender, but could not let my dog go, or he would defend me. The Yorkie, meanwhile, was cowering in fear. One cop pointed his weapon at my dog Aww. and said he was going to shoot him. I responded to this by throwing myself over my dog and holding him while screaming not to hurt him. 
I was cuffed, and my nose was, and my dog was noosed and taken to the local vet. The Yorkie was put in a cop car. While the two SWAT teams were doing this uh, to me, another third SWAT team broke into my house, despite the fact that the door was unlocked. <laughs> they do this. They don't, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of see this part of the whole thing. What would they be doing testing the door, you know, if they've got a ram, uh, you know, battering they ram? They just love breaking crap. They do do that. And literally dragged my wife naked with shampoo in her hair from the shower and oh, cuffed wow. her. I found out later that they kept her like that, naked and cold with shampoo dripping in her eyes for over three effing hours wow. while they ransacked the house. While they were terrorizing my wife and ripping apart my house, I was transported to the local jail. I kept asking again and again uh, what the long string of expletives deleted was going on, but no one would tell me the charges uh, or anything for over two hours. During those two hours, I was cuffed in a security chair with handcuffs, straps, um, straps around my ankles, chest, legs, and forehead. Yeah. Finally, a young man came in and let me out of the chair thing while keeping me cuffed and took me to the interview room. He said that all the precautions and heightened security was because they were aware that I was a former SEAL and they were not taking any chances. I was informed that I had been arrested and a search warrant was being executed on suspicion of possession of child pornography. Oh, jeez. I was stunned, to say the least. The very least. Let me make this perfectly clear. I am not a pedophile. I have always viewed children as about as sexual as trees or critters. In other words, not in the slightest. Period. Full stop. I am not, um, I, I'm a lot of distasteful things. This is not one of them. The cop, whom turned out to be a special agent from the Wisconsin State Investigator's Office on Cybercrimes or something like that, said that they had been alerted by my ISP that I was using 15 times the usual amount of bandwidth. I did not even know what the heck that meant. And hmm. that they, my ISP, Comcast, had determined that my computer was possibly transferring files known or suspected to be child porn and had um, contacted his office, stated that uh, that was flatly not possible. The only things I used my computer for were email, eBay, and a word processor. I wrote uh, short military fictions, letters, technical military articles, and the like on a freelance basis for simple and for simple pl- pleasure. Mm. And playing the occasional online game and, most of all, iTunes, having a collection of over 13,000 songs. He said that they had uh, found a hidden directory on my computer with 6,800 pornographic pictures, of which 27 were child pornography. I have a question. This was two hours later after the the raid. Probably it hadn't occurred yet. uh, Even the the completion hadn't occurred yet. How did they know that there was um, 6,800 pornographic pictures and that 27 of them were were child pornography? I mean, doesn't 6,800 pictures? Are you sure you're following the timeline appropriately here? I think I am. It's not later on that that he learned that? I I think I am, but, you know, it may be later on. I don't know. It's just a question, and I often... um, you know, go through 6,800 pictures, and then why would a person have 6,800 pornographic pictures and only 27 of them be child porn? That doesn't make much sense. That doesn't really make much sense, does it? If I mean, if you like child porn, you like child porn. If you like regular porn, you like regular porn. If you, if like, you like freaky stuff, you right? Know. Amputated donkey right. porn. That's what you like. So those you probably are the have things, a whole directory full of the stuff. Right. That's those are the things that you're going to have. So it doesn't make much sense to me. And I suspect what we're dealing with here is another instance where the cops tend to label, um, you know, that girl looks 17. That's yeah. child porn. And it happened Barely to Barely legal. It happened to a guy that I met and I believed him. You know, maybe maybe it's not true. I don't know, but I tend to believe it. 
it, it, it seemed like a believable story. And this seems like it, too. 6,800 pornographic pictures, 27 of them were uh, child pornography. It wouldn't seem like they could find that in two hours. I mean, it would take two hours to look through 6,800 pictures. More than that, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, way more than that. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. And can you imagine being the cop whose job it is to just look through porn pictures? This free talk live. Get a life. Give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry uttered those words in 1775. He died just 24 years later. You can avoid his fate by subscribing to Liberty, the National Journal of Libertarian Opinion, News, Investigation, and Intellectual Exploration. Liberty isn't just current events. In every issue, you can expect to see reflections, reviews, and reporting that challenge the individual mind. Get Liberty now with a free trial issue at libertyunbound.com and avoid an untimely meeting with the Grim Reaper. You can bring up what you want. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site, so enjoy those again. Totally free for you, freetalklive.com. And join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. LegalZoom.com. All right. We're going to continue here uh, with this email story, and we will get to your phone calls once the story is done. But it's 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 pretty involved, uh, this is, and it's it's really scary. It's a great example. Well, I, a great, I don't know if it's the right word. It's an example of how these governmental laws that a lot of people might just say, well, of course child pornography should be illegal. I would never have child pornography on my computer. I'm a good law-abiding citizen. I would never consider doing something like that. Of course this should be illegal. The, the, these people that believe that, well, they're so good that they will never run amok of or run across these government agents trying to come after them for one of these crimes. Oh, I'm not a drug dealer. Of course they, we should have drug. Oh, I'm not a child pornographer. But this guy wasn't a child porn uh, guy uh, viewer, and he got caught allegedly with 27 images of child pornography on his computer. How did that happen? <laughs> Turns. Well- yeah, I, I, you're, I thought you were asking. Go ahead. Well, it was a rhetorical question. We're going to find out uh, a little bit more here as the the story goes on. But just it's just it just points out that even if you think you're completely obedient to the system and to all of its arbitrary laws, that they can still put you in their crosshairs and come after you. So he's being interviewed by uh, one of the state law enforcement people here. He said things would go easier for me if I admitted the porn was mine. Yada, of course yada, it will. Yada. That's what the cops always say. Typical interrogation. I replied I was 100% innocent and would gladly take a lie detector test or whatever. There simply had to be some kind of mistake. He said that he knew SEALs were trained to beat the box, so a lie detector would prove nothing. They knew the porn um, lie was mine. prove anything anyway. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This went on for about a half of an hour. Hour and a half, excuse me. After about 90 minutes, another cop came into the room and said that they had found marijuana plants in my basement. Cha-ching. Wow. At that point, I requested, nay, demanded, a lawyer. I was left cuffed to a ring in the wall in the interrogation room for about another four hours. I requested to use the use of a bathroom, which was refused, unless I cooperated and talked with them about making things, without making things difficult by getting a lawyer involved. I declined and insisted on a lawyer. Unknown to me, at this time, my wife was brought in for questioning, dressed only in a towel, wow. as they had uh, drug her out of the shower. 
Because, you know, she's a former Navy SEAL, too, so she might have uh, had a ninja star in the shower when... You'd think you could stand there and let a woman get dressed? I mean, hold a gun on her, for God's sakes. I mean, these guys with with their um, baklavas, is that what you call it? Balaclava. Balaclavas and uh, MP5s could probably handle this woman, you'd think, just to let her get some pants on, but nah. They they proved... they provided after making her ride naked in the back of the police car. Phantom was undergoing surgery to have the bullet removed from his leg, hip, um, and his leg and hip repaired. That's the, the white dog, the big white dog. Max, they did shoot the dog? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Max was at the vet in a kennel cage. My wife flatly and honestly stated she had no idea what was in the basement as she never goes down there because it's scary. Don't laugh. It's an old house, and we have uh, we all have fears and phobias. And I don't doubt it for a so second. So he really did have marijuana plants down there? Yeah. Okay. While they were questioning her, they literally backed up a truck and took the following from our home. Our ent- um, my entire weapon collection. Over 50 firearms, bows, a couple of hundred collector's knives. My coin collection, my entire music collection, uh, mm. including over 50... Thousand CDs, both of our computers. They left her old retired laptop for some reason. That's what we use now. My 16th century katanas, every bit of military stuff, old uniforms, wow. medals, etc. All the uh, mail, file cab, filing cabinets, every electronic item, MP3 players, PDA, VCR, both of our cell phones, the answering machine, my birth certificate, and everything in the filing cabinet. Now, what if if you're accused of having child pornography on the computer and having some marijuana plants, what does all of this stuff have to do with that? Hmm. Well, I suppose you could have in one of your CDs, there could be a, a like a, I don't know. A but there could disc. be something in your photo albums, uh, too. I mean, they, there could be something anywhere. So they if, if that's the idea, then they should be able to go through the entire house, right? Just go Sounds through. like they could go through the entire house. Well, wait, wait to find out what they... Uh, Destroyed. They not only took uh, so much, they destroyed much more. My wife and I sold antique books on eBay. They dumped over 60 boxes full into a huge pile, breaking bindings, crushing them. They uh, literally walked on them. They also smashed the dresser, bumped everything from the shelves and drawers into the floor, broke the urn that held my wife's mother's ashes. In short, they violated our home in ways that could not be described. You couldn't, uh, burglars wouldn't do this. They decided my wife was telling the truth about not knowing uh, about the marijuana, and they started to question her about the child porn. She flatly (laughs) said that they were crazy. Not only did she not believe it, she told them that um, I don't even like kids, (laughs) and that I had the reputation of being the grumpy old man that chased the kids off my lawn. This is true. Hmm. She said she knew I used marijuana medically, but had no idea where I got it from, and never used any illicit drug herself. A blood test proved that later. Can you imagine? They gave this one a blood test. Uh, She was allowed to call a lawyer, and she called one uh, we had previously used in a civil matter. Meanwhile, after four hours by myself in the interrogation room, the lawyer my wife called showed up and was allowed to talk to me. I admitted freely that I had, in fact, been attempting to grow marijuana, but the rest of this was pure bullcrap. I explained to him that I had cancer, had a prescription for marijuana in California. I have cancer currently in guarded remission and constant pain in my leg. Hmm. Could not afford it here in Wisconsin and was afraid of the risks of trying to buy it, so was attempting to grow it. The plants they found and seized were less than six inches tall, and this was my first attempt at growing such things. Damn. He said, he said nothing to the police. Um, he said to say nothing to the police, and he would see what he could do. I was taken uh, to a cell. Now, this part is even harder um, for the rest of uh, harder than the rest for me to relate. As I mentioned, I was subjected to torture in Angola. Mm-hmm. Um, the the crap that S E R E training um, was no defense against, quite frankly. 
When they put me in an isolation cell, something in my head snapped. Suddenly I was back in Angola. Oh, boy. I could smell it. I could feel it. I could taste it. I could hear it. I could see it. I can't describe it. It was subjectively, utterly real and immediate and present. In short, I went crazy, I guess. I wow. remember feeling my bladder let go. That's the last thing I remember for a while. And when I came back to reality, my knuckles looked like hamburger. <gasps> the cell door was covered in blood. The four, And four cops were hog-tying me. Things fade in and out from here. I remember being uh, printed, photographed, etc. I don't remember being put back in the uh, cell, the restraints being removed. Wow. Three days later, the lawyer talked to me again right before I was placed in a room for the initial hearing and bail setting, and such was done via video, uh, which was done via video. He said that they were considering charging my wife, wife with accessory to the marijuana charges and were not charging her with a pi- pornography in any way, since her child pornography in any way, since her computer had none, having never been connected to the Internet. I said she had no idea I was attempting to grow marijuana and I, I could um, do anything up to and including pleading guilty to being on um, the grassy knoll if they were up to, uh, if they left her alone. He said that he would see what he could do and that she had not been charged as of yet and that uh, he would see about uh, trying to get me released on something called a PR bond, meaning no Personal cash. Personal recognizance. Yes. Yeah. He failed. I was held on $50,000 cash bond and discovered I was facing potentially 632 years behind bars. Because of child porn. The child porn and the, uh, Three the marijuana, marijuana plants. plants. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Where's the victim in all this? 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. We continue his story in moments, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free. We've got a Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com, facebook.freetalklive.com. Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued with a burgeoning rate of consumers who have failed to pay their bills. You may believe that... This debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, all customers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI. It repositions companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Mark, you've been telling us a story here. Uh, We've been putting off the calls for a bit because of it, because it's just so involved and so detailed and so far very worth sharing. Uh, It's a man who was a former Navy SEAL tortured in Angola while he was doing that job, now back home in the States. Had his home raided, uh, accused of having child pornography on his computer, marijuana plants found uh, in the basement, wife taken out of the house, right out of the shower, naked. uh, Dog shot. Dog shot. He was tortured by the police. And I think that's where we left off. He was in a cell being tortured uh, by the the cops. Well, he was being put in... um, Actually, we left off uh, when um, the... 
he was given a uh, $50,000 cash bond and discovered that he was facing potentially 632 years behind bars. Long story short, when my wife was unable to pay the $35,000 that the lawyer wanted up front, he dumped me after about a month. We still owe the guy $7,000 for what? I have no idea. Jeez. Anyway, a misnamed public defender, um, he said that uh, he got one. He said that after, a 90, after 90 days, the cops had to give him a list of the seized evidence. They never gave a full list. Somehow my, ni- um, somehow my knife collection, swords, coin collection, and about half of my guns never made the list. Gee, where'd they go? Along with a ton of other stuff. But that's another story. Well, it's not another story. This is what happens all of the time. Sure. When people get their property confiscated. I, I just, I, you know, and, and people just accept that this is, this is, this is what we need from our, uh, you know, to, to, to protect us from crime. This organization that does this stuff. And they do it all the time. I had stopped eating and drinking. That being the only way um, available to me to commit suicide, which I found preferable uh, to confinement. Being kept naked. Excuse me. Um, I, the, the computer just did something funny here. I uh, just installed a new thing and, you know, it, it, it responds funny to my fingers. Touches. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I was being kept naked in an isolation cell. Um, a hole in the floor for a toilet. I've never heard of this, by the way. Um, you know, that, that sounds more like Angola, the United States. But hmm. what do I know? Um, no clothing. No way to hang myself. I've heard those things. After seven days, I was transferred to the emergency room and forced IV fluids. I ripped the IV out with my teeth, so they strapped wow. me down, including my head. If you can imagine, in three days like that, they transferred me to a mental hospital for prison inmates and <laughs> max security. I was forced Jeez. IV fluids, but refused to eat or drink for another 28 days. At that point, wow. I realized that I would have to pretend to go along with their demands to eat and drink so as to gain an opportunity to terminate. This is what he calls committing suicide. What can I say? I'm a slow learner sometimes. They tell me my kidneys are permanently damaged. Uh, that's the least of my concerns. On day 53, they finally let me out of restraints and removed the IVs. I was allowed to eat soft foods with my fingers, an improvement nonetheless. I immediately started looking for a means and opportunity to terminate. It was not even uh, allowed the, to use the toilet alone without two guards watching me at all times. This proved problematic, to say the least. On day 61, I tried ramming my head into the wall with enough force to break my neck. I failed, only giving myself a severe concussion and a cracked skull. Back to the restraints. Two weeks later, my wife was allowed to visit me. Ever tried talking to someone through six inches of glass on a phone while two people stand literally at your shoulders and about 20 others are um, yelling to be heard on their phones as Mm -hmm. well? Not good. Yeah, and the phones don't sound great either. Yeah, and as it may be, she expressed uh, her concern over my physical condition and expressed her love and support and begged me to try to live, oh. believing that things would work out somehow. That's my wife, a real Pollyanna. <laughs> what I did not know was that she had been fired from her job when the cops came into the restaurant where she worked every day, made a point of telling her boss about the charges against me and saying that she was involved, etc., at this point, she was oh. living on our meager savings, trying to pay the lawyer, making house payments, getting groceries, etc., all while trying to do something, anything to help me. Mm. They held a hearing to decide. I can hardly imagine. I mean, you know, a lot of women wouldn't even do that, just to, just to be clear. They held a hearing to decide if I was mentally competent and decided I was, but the jail refused to accept me, fearing I would continue to attempt suicide mm-hmm. and had the training and motivation to succeed eventually, regardless of whatever precautions might be employed. The judge sent me back to Max Security Nut Ward. The three, uh, seriously, <laughs> count them, 
three friends that did not abandon me based on the porn charges, uh, press, passed yeah. the hat, held sales, and God only knows what else, and came up with enough money to bail me out in the conjunction with my wife putting the house up for collateral. I will never understand how people I thought were my friends, for some for over 30 years, could, one, believe such charges, two, abandon me like a used tissue, three, even if stating that they believed I was 100% innocent, say that they could not afford to be associated with me until the issues were resolved. Hmm. In my world, you stand by your friends, especially in times of need. In fact, one of the three was uh, one of my teammates. The other was overseas, but anyway. Once out of... uh, Bail, I, out on bail, I discovered the damage to the house and the property. More importantly, by far, I saw what it was doing and had done to my wife. She had gained a lot of weight. She cried herself to sleep nearly every night. She lost her job. I also lost my disability due to being confined, still fighting to get it back. She has since taken on two minimum wage jobs about an hour's drive out of town to try to support us. Remember, a guy walks with a cane. He, yeah. he can't even move his leg. As part of the bail, I'm not allowed to leave the house during any hours children might be in transit to or from school or any place at play, nor when children may be present, despite the fact that I am not convicted, nor have even been confused of ever having contact with children. Thus, getting a job is impossible, even if anyone wanted to hire me. Never mind the fact that I am highly decorated naval officer. Officer, Never mind that I have uh, never even had so much as a jaywalking conviction. The public defender had the computer looked at and said he believes the pictures, all 6,800, not just the child porn ones, were downloaded by a virus on my computer. Hmm. However, the expert, this is so important, please don't uh, you know, miss this part of it. However, the expert he wants, uh, wanted to hire costs more money than the state will approve. He said that the prosecutors, not a typo, uh, expert admitted to him that such a virus exists and it is present on my computer, but that just because it is there does not mean that I was unaware of the pictures. Wow. In a hidden folder. Right. Furthermore, I don't know that it said um, hidden folder. I believe he said it was hidden. I'll take your word for it. Furthermore, according to the prosecution, how they got there doesn't matter. What matters is that they are there, thus I am guilty of possession. It doesn't matter why you're in possession of uh, electronic child pornography pictures, if it's a virus or whatever, it's because you have them that you're guilty. Because the computer belongs to you. And because there's no way that you can know who put that there. If he's got shared files on his computer and he's got a Wi-Fi network, then anybody could America, crack into the... America, this could be you. There are certainly viruses out there. Who wouldn't believe that there would be viruses out there that would download porn to your computer? Plus, if you have a Wi-Fi network, I don't know how many people have unsecured networks, but I bet it's a good percentage. And this could happen that way, too. Sure America, could. this could be you. Do not just, you know, brush this story off. He said that we would be going to trial. Not um, w- going to trial would not be in my best interest since these That's types right. of Plea cases. Out. These types of cases can be uh, one just because people hear the words child pornography and instantly want to mm. hang someone from the nearest tree limb. He suggested, insisted, really, that I take a plea. This is uh, the, oh, the public defender, of course. Take a plea. They for always do that. Thirty-five years, Wisconsin. <laughs> As a truth in sentencing law, and there are no parole, um, there is no parole or good time. If sentenced to th- X years, you serve X years and not a day less. Obviously, I refused. It's been <sighs> just over a year now. In that time, we've had our feces, um, we've had feces and broken bottles and trash thrown on our porch. We've had our windows smashed, tires slashed, baby wrapper sprayed painted on the uh, my car and the garage. Yes, they spelled it wrapper. 
Uh, we had uh, cruel and insane notes baby, and letters. Oh, my God. Baby rapper. Okay, yep. it took me a moment on that one. Death threats. We have had our phone number changed three times, but somehow the harassing and obscene co- calls just keep on coming. We finally had the phone disconnected completely. I'm going to tell you more. Is there more more to this? There is. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Live, you can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you and Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features there free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations. Across the country, bring more internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom, so head over and become an amplifier today at amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, amp-only podcast, and more. It's all for you. Amp.freetalklive.com for helping us. So uh, we're reading a story about uh, a guy named uh, James who's have one heck of a problem here as far as a computer virus that uh, downloaded a bunch of porn onto his computer. 27 images of these 6,800 images were supposedly child porn, um, right. which we don't know what that means. Is that a 17-year-old girl, uh, you know, just from the opinion of the police? Because I don't know how you is, find out how old some girl is on, on w- porn. Or is it an obvious child? I don't know. We don't know. And he's I've, heard of bo- I've heard of both of these situations. He's saying it wasn't him, but how do you prove that it was him or that it wasn't him. If, effectively, if there's pornography on your computer, there is no real way to ascertain who's responsible for it. Well, they, 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 the prosecution's experts said that, in fact, there is a, a virus out there that does d- download child porn. That virus was present on his computer. But that doesn't mean that he didn't know about it. Or like it. Right. Well, I love this virus. Thank right. you. It's Ooh. like having uh, child porn accidentally delivered to your house and you just keep it. Who knows? I mean, you know, it's it's difficult to say, but it sounds to me like this guy had no idea it was there. Right, he, because, Mark, I'm sure that everybody you know takes uh, inventory of all their hard drive's uh, contents at any given time, right? You right. know all the stuff that's on your hard drive right now, all... 250,000 files that are there, right? Go ahead and do a do a virus scan on your computer and just look under the Windows directory. Yeah, look mm-hmm. at the Windows directory and see how many thousands of files there are there. The idea that somebody would know about what is on their computer is pretty absurd. Let's continue the story, though. So he's dealing with lots of problems from the community. He says, uh, you know, his house has Vandalism. been vandali- vandalized. He says, I've been jumped and beaten twice. Wow. Once I fought off uh, the three people. The second time, there were five of them, two with golf clubs and one with a ball bat. I'm good, but I'm not that good. He's remember got no basically no use of uh, his left leg. Yeah, and I wound up with cracked ribs, uh, peeing blood for a week, and broke nose and fractured cheekbone. Ironically, the cops threatened to revoke my bail for fighting and committing assault if any of those <laughs> that I tried to beat um, that tried to beat me up pressed charges the first time. No one did, thankfully. They were um, asked. We were asked not to return to our church. Wow, our how forgiving! Friends have shunned us. We are completely broke, living literally paycheck to paycheck. I can't even support or help support us. My uh, disability was stopped, and I can't get it reactivated um, until or unless I'm acquitted. I can't get a job. 
Um, and no blow to my masculinity or ego there. My wife's hairdresser. Don't worry, your government cares. They care about you. Yeah. My wife's hairdresser asked her not to patronize their business unless she leaves me. The <sighs> cops follow us often to the point that we're pretty much um, only leave the house to walk the dogs twice a day. And then we drive to an isolated area in state-owned woods to do that. When her uh, car needed repair, she was refused service locally. We don't accept child molesters or their family here and had to take it to a place 30 miles away. You'd think even in a town of 36,000 that we would be forgotten or lost in the crowd or whatever. However, it seems that that is simply not the case. The situation That's not being, that big. Yeah, that it is a very, very hard to believe that she would uh, not be far, far better off without me. Hell, I'd walk out the door and leave her if I could bring myself to do it. But the truth is, I can't. I want, I need to be with her so much that I cravenly can't bring myself to leave her, even knowing how much better off she would be. About 90% of the time, my wife cries, cries herself to sleep. Jeez. Nothing I... Oh, this touchpad, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should use the uh, scrolling keys instead of the touchpad. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Well, I've, I've never used it before. <laughs> 90% of the time, my wife cries herself to sleep. Nothing I do seems to comfort her. She s says she accepted that um, I will do whatever it takes to terminate. That's his term for uh, commit suicide if convicted. Hearing is our, My hearing is set for late December, but that is uh, still rips her apart inside. I'd like to tell her I could somehow tough it out and would survive somehow just to be with her again someday. But it's a long I've time. Never lied to her and find myself unable to start now. The truth is, I cannot and will not attempt to survive in confinement. He's I, facing 35 years on a plea deal, which he refused, and 600, 600, 600 years plus otherwise. Yeah. I'm fully aware of what they do to people convicted of such crimes in prison. Eh, I think that might be an exaggeration, but it's not say, not saying it has never happened. It will. Um, I will not be raped and brutalized again. I, he was in gang, Angola as a POW, mm -hmm. um, and the Marines as, uh, uh, excuse me, not Marines, uh, as a, uh, a uh, detainee, yeah, SEAL yeah. officer. I've taken steps to ensure that I uh, have a final friend, a method of ending my life available to me on, on my person, 24 hours a day. To be honest, I keep thinking lately that my wife would be much, much, much better off if I were to end my life now. Mm. At least then she could move on and would not have this hanging over her head. I've asked true. her point blank, and she claims that she would rather have every second possible together and that my terminating now would make things worse for her. I am, I am ashamed to say, so selfish. I want to be with her every second possible. I cherish every moment we are together. I love her more and more every day. Every second with her is a treasure. However, as it is, um, as a very wise man said, love is the condition in which the happiness of another person is essential to your own. I'd say it is more important. I would uh, give my life without hesitation if I knew it would make things better or easier for her. The problem is that I honestly don't know. I believe that she cherishes our time together, cherishes our time together. But would it be better for her in the long run if I were to end this more quickly? Which is the greater good? Well, there you have it. That's the situation I find Gosh. myself in. For what, if anything, it may be worth, I give you my word of honor that I had zero, none, absolutely no idea that there was child porn on my computer. I also swear that I have absolutely no, zero, zilch, nada, interest in attracting such filth. Yes, I was attempting to grow marijuana for medical and pain relief reasons. That much is true. The rest is not. Later this month, there's a hearing to determine if the case against me will proceed. It seems that the warrant they used to search my house was invalid and illegal on its face. Despite this fact, they may be able to proceed with the case based on something called 
good faith exception. Because hmm. they found something, right? Yeah. Thank you for your time and for reading this, James. Wow, that is uh, probably the saddest story I've heard in a long time. Yeah, it is. It is a truly sad uh, story, and I can only believe every single bit of it. Yeah, it, it just seems <laughs> heartfelt. It seems seems accurate. I totally believe. You know, the, every every uh, nugget of the story is believable to me. So therefore, putting them together makes sense to me. Yeah. Can I check it? Yeah, you know, no. He I says can't. in there that you could. Yeah, he he offers me whatever whatever proof I proof. want. Um, and you know, Free Talk Live is an investigative journalism. No. I mean, that's not what we do here. We talk about issues. Are there issues involved in here? Yes, they you are. Better believe it. Uh, every one of you know, every one of these things that's happened to this guy has happened to someone somewhere else. So, all I'm trying to say to people is, look. People love the idea of saying we're going to execute every baby raper that we find out. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just remember that in that same sentiment, you kind of sweep up a bunch of other people. And James is one of those people. James had a computer virus. That computer virus download, downloaded some porn, 6,800 images, 27 of which were child porn, according to the authorities. And... Those are the you know those people get caught up in this whole thing child pornography and child molestation it seems to go together because it's pictures of one one is pictures of it right supposedly and uh, although uh, there's a fervor there's a witch hunt that goes around and this is this is sort of the mentality that's going on right now is the witch hunt for child molesters I was just gonna say I don't think that a 14 year old girl taking uh, you know a picture of herself with her top off is child molestation because there's no one else in there, you sure. know, and that's considered child pornography too. Yes. So, I think your point here is is really spot on, Mark. That this could be absolutely anybody who has a computer. Which anybody is a who lot has of people. A Wi-Fi network. It could be you know somebody can use your open Wi-Fi network and download stuff. Sure Even could. if you have a closed one, I'm sure that crack there, it. I'm sure there are people out there that can crack it. Yeah, you just get a packet sniffer, and if you have enough time. Then you can easily. You, I mean, I don't know how easy it is, but it takes time. It's just a matter of cracking the code. And the question is, does the government have those, those that equipment? I'm sure they do. Would they want to take down certain people? I'm sure they would. You yeah. know, I I have I, I've heard it said, and I I truly believe it. If they want to take down the people here in the liberty movement, that the way all they have to do is just find your, uh, you know, computers and put some porn on your computer, and you're shut down. That's it. That's it. It's disgusting. I don't have anything else to say here beyond it's. this is horrific, and I believe it as well, and it just goes to show how easy it is for them to go after someone who's never done anything, who's never done anyone any harm, This not at least in his current lifetime. This, this man, there was no victim. He didn't take any child porn photos. He didn't molest any little kids. He didn't... He didn't harm anybody in any way, shape, or form, and he's facing the rest of his life, several lifetimes, behind bars. Anybody who's not outraged by this, I don't think has a heart. Hour three's coming up. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. 
filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, we are going to continue here. Of course, we'll take your calls if you make them about anything, but I've got some some stories here that I think will continue the theme that we started in the last hour. Uh, Mark, you shared a story with us, and it was a lengthy one. It was an email from somebody who, man, it was so awful. They, former uh, Navy SEAL, ended up being targeted for a child porn investigation. They found 27 photos of child porn on his computer, which were allegedly downloaded not by him, but by a virus, which also downloaded thousands of other porn pictures. So it was 27 amongst 6,000 pictures. And the, he was charged uh, with some 27 counts, I presume, which ended up totaling over 600 years, possibly in jail. His life has been ruined. He has been targeted as a child pornographer or a sicko, when in point of fact he's not. Uh, so people have already proclaimed him as guilty, even though the trial hasn't even occurred yet. It was just an awful story that really shows that anybody can become a victim of these various asinine government laws out there that don't actually protect anyone from any anything else. They, these are laws, and he was also busted for marijuana plants, which he really had, but the, whether it's child porn or, or marijuana or something else, there are so many laws that are out there that have nothing to do with a victim, that there was no one in this circumstance who could have brought a claim against this guy. He had not harmed anyone. Right. No. I mean, they, likely this was uh, it, all the evidence, including the prosecution's evidence, states that he got a computer virus and that it downloaded it. The prosecution just says, well, he had possession. It doesn't matter how he got possession. He had possession. That's good enough. Right. Intent doesn't matter or anything Which like that. Which is crazy. It is crazy. But you might be able to say, well, guys, it was an email, a well-written email, but... You know, we don't know for sure if that's a, a true story. I personally believed it because we've heard stories like this in the past, and it is co- completely believable. There have been stories like this in the news where people have have had pictures it's found on It's as believable as anything you read in the news, for God's sakes. I mean, what, what are these uh, – I, I, do you think journalists do that level of investigation? Maybe some, sometimes, yeah. but not really. certainly not all the time. So just in case you're doubting it, Let me give you some stories from the mainstream media. This one's from the News Leader at news-leader.com. Now, when you think of the Amish, you don't really think of vicious criminals. When you think of the Amish, you think of really nice, congenial folk that are living quietly on their family farms. A little backwards, perhaps, but I don't know. Maybe from your lifestyle, but they might not consider themselves backwards. Uh, they're different. They, Amish people are different from the most American popular cultures, that's for sure. They do things a little differently, and they live their lives and yeah, keep to themselves. Some of them run businesses, and 
Is it the Mennonites that run the businesses, not so much the Amish? Oh, the Amish run businesses. They're very, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're, they're very industrious people. As a matter of fact, uh, the, for some reason, they're so industrious that their churches allow them to have access to things like telephones and all that stuff, as long as it's in their workshop or for business or something like that, but they don't have it in their but homes. not at the home. It's, it's it, interesting. You know, I, whatever. <laughs> so when you think of the Amish, you don't think of vicious criminals, but apparently the government considers them suspects. Story is, there are undercover milk stings going on. Now, did the state really have to sue over this, writes uh, the news leader? Is this a wise use of thinly stretched, taxpayer-funded resources? Those kinds of questions spring from a news leader story recently about a uh, crackdown over the way a LaSalle County... Yeah, whatever that is. County couple distributes raw milk to undercover investigators with the Springfield Green County Health Department allegedly caught two of the couple's daughters on two occasions selling a gallon of milk each from a Springfield parking lot. Charges followed in municipal court. Now, that's important. Piling on, the state attorney general's office used in the, uh, used the health department's information to file a lawsuit seeking an injunction against Armand and Teddy Beckard of Conway. Wasn't the health department complaining just the other week about a lack of manpower? Doesn't the attorney general have a whole raft of complaints about other things like tainted lake water? Why is the government crying so loudly over a little sold milk? Because there's a fine involved. Well, the story is here... Uh, they, this raw milk roundup certainly seems ridiculous, they say. For one, the city has raised the possibility of actual jail time in this case. This All the better to get their fine paid. Uh, this despite uh, the fact that at least a couple of lawmakers have taken up the Beckards case and the law on the raw milk issue is murky. For their part, the Beckards are not exactly well cowed. They're fighting back. They will not sign a consent order to make the state's complaint go away, and they're defending themselves against the city charges, too. They've gotten legal help from the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund, a nonprofit organization made up of farmers and consumers pooling resources to fight for the rights of family farmers trying to get unprocessed food to consumers who want it. So the question here uh, from the paper is, should we as taxpayers or are we as taxpayers ready for a long, potentially costly legal battle over two gallons of milk? Does this problem warrant such a government response? You know, and this just goes to show how the the sort of the the automaton, the myrmidons that work for the government. I mean, as as a matter of fact, myrmidon is a a great term for for a government official. Someone who follows orders blindly. Right. uh, They were a tribe of, I believe, Greeks that uh, were essentially mercenaries. They paid their money. They do whatever they're told. And they, you know, just do it. They do it without thought. And this is the kind of thing that the government's going to do. There's a law against raw milk in this country, and it doesn't matter that but more and more consumers are demanding raw milk that uh, there's this whole nourishing traditions thing out there where they suggest raw milk, raw butter and raw everything. And we should eat food the way our grandpas ate it because our grandpas ate it. And that was good. Whatever. I, I, we have raw milk at my house. It's fine. It's great. And I like it. I prefer it. I don't know why i prefer it i just do i think i prefer it because it's legal in this state <laughs> it, it's illegal in so many more i think i just like it as a protest against uh you know the government's uh sticky little fingers and everything this is just a racket to protect the big milk distributors and to shut out the small farmers and and to extract money from people and how amazing is this 
that the government is actually, the government people in this case, are actually doing sting operations against Amish people for selling people raw milk. Now, somebody else can look at this, and we could look at this and say, well, this is as asinine as any undercover marijuana sting operation. You're talking about arresting people for selling a plant. Now it's arresting people for selling raw milk. Don't tell me for a moment that you feel like you're safe because you believe you're a law-abiding person. They've outlawed raw milk. They've outlawed plants. They've outlawed chemicals. There's very well the possibility that something you do and something that you enjoy is also either already outlawed and you don't know it because who really has the time to read all the laws or that it will become outlawed within the next six months to six years. I mean, these things can happen. Raw milk. There's a little more to the story. According to the news leader, the Beckards contend that their daughters, aged 17 and 21, sold the two gallons only because a buyer failed to show for the pre-ordered milk in the parking lot where the Beckards meet customers to deliver various kinds of homegrown or homemade products from their family farm. It sounds like a drug deal. You know, meeting your customers in a parking lot. Right. They they actually have to do it this in this manner um, to avoid some kind of law. They can't sell it from the farm. They right. Have to, and, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Really. These are grown people. You're telling me they can't go there um, onto somebody. I can't decide to sell milk. Somebody can't decide to buy milk. I mean, that's what we need in this country. Really? We're that much of a race of morons in this country that we simply can't handle the buying and selling of milk? We need these... S- Stinking politicians and these lobbyists to tell us what we can and cannot eat, what we can and cannot drink. Oh, it's only just starting, Mark. I mean, when government health care really starts to kick into higher gear right now, we do know that the government controls most health care dollars. But when it gets even more in control of, uh, of health care, then they'll really start to determine what you can and can't eat. This is just the tip of the iceberg. 800-259-9231 or the ice milkberg. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. There's a little bit more to this story here, and we'll, again, allow you to take control of the airwaves here. This is Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. On the site, you'll find all kinds of things, and you'll find that they're free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their web pages. Ours free for you at freetalklive.com. Hey, would you like money sent to your PayPal account? Were you born in an English-speaking country? If you answered yes and yes, then go to english.freetalklive.com and discover how to fatten your PayPal account by using a microphone, the Internet, and your English. Be your own boss. Make money online. Go to english.freetalklive.com. Kids, 
if you're ever in uh, getting out of class and uh, one of your classmates comes up and offers you a bottle of milk and tells you that it's raw, just make sure you just say no. Just say no to raw milk, kids, because you're, you're hurting people. When you buy raw milk, you're hurting. Raw, the, raw milk supports terrorists. That's right. It's the it's the uh, the industrialists that are producing the milk that you can buy from regular stores that you're hurting. You're stealing money from their pockets by supporting these horrible, immoral Amish people that are out there milking cows and not processing their milk appropriately. This is dangerous, kids. So make sure you just say no to raw milk. Raw milk is a gateway drug to other kinds of anti-authoritarian behavior. These people have decided, for whatever reason it is, to not bow to their their betters who have said that uh, milk must be pasteurized, it must be homogenized, and uh, who knows what kind of situations, what kind of circumstances these people are milking these cows it's under. It's dangerous. They might be putting them in old buckets. It could be explosions. They, well, there's certainly bacteria. Uh, this milk can kill people. It kills people. It makes you grow breasts. It'll put hair <laughs> in your palms. This stuff is dangerous, kids. That, it seems a little silly, but that's pretty much what's happening here. Uh, people are being arrested charged with criminal uh, acts for distributing, manufacturing and distributing raw milk. The story is from the news, uh, excuse me, the uh, news leader, news-leader.com, and it's Missouri, where a group of Amish people, the Beckards, with their seven children, are making their own milk on their farm, and they're selling them to completely consensual buyers. Uh, they A couple of the daughters got caught selling the milk in a parking lot, and apparently there's... You see what this kind of behavior does to young women? They're out there in the parking lots purveying their wares. There are certain rules that essentially force them into the parking lots, and I guess there are ways that they could sell the... It's my understanding of the the situation with the laws in Missouri is that there are ways for raw milk to be sold, but the way they sold them in that particular case violated the law, so therefore they've got to crack down on them. This is true in Florida, and Florida it's against the law unless you sell it as pet food. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is just how stupid it is. This is this is what you do to average with these stupid laws, all these pro- prohibitions that they have. I don't care whether it's milk or marijuana. You, this is what you do to regular normal people. I have to if I'm going to buy raw milk, I have to go to well if they they do sell it in some stores, but I have to and by and large friends and neighbors and stuff is how these things get. But if I go into the store, I can't say that I'm going to consume it otherwise these people could lose their license. I have to skulk about. Yeah. It's disgusting. So the state contend uh, state agents contend that selling the milk constituted violations. These state agents I, these state agents have no spines. These people have families. How hey, do they we're how just do doing our they, job? Well, I don't care. Your job stinks. Quit. Hey, you gotta if have you, a fine. You've gotta have a spine to arrest these teenage girls for selling raw milk. You don't understand how hardened these girls are. Criminals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope your kids are proud of you. Now, this is interesting here. The the news leader, of course, being the wimpy mainstream media publication that it is, adds a paragraph to their. It's an editorial. The way this is written here, obviously, we're not supporting willful violation of the law. But with state statutes allowing consumers to order raw milk and buy it from a family farm, the Beckard's minor screw-up seems better handled through a conversation rather than a courtroom. 
<laughs> we would never, at the news leader, suggest anyone ever willfully violate the law. Everyone Even should if always... the law really, really stinks. Yes, everyone should always follow every single law that has ever been created because the law is morality. Because whatever the law says, whatever those politicians who they are clearly the most moral creatures in the world, whatever the politicians say, you absolutely need to follow their every diktat. I mean, otherwise you'll be immoral. And we would never advocate for immorality here at the News Leader. You almost sound like the same tone that uh, Barney has in my uh, in my kids' uh, videos. Really? Yeah, like they're talking to kids. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta follow the law. Just the intonation, not necessarily the accent. Ah, oh, so what do you do about this, huh? I mean, these people are, are facing criminal charges over selling milk. How much more absurd can it get? In some places, mar margarine has been made illegal. They call it trans fat now. In New York City, you can't make food in a restaurant with margarine. That's illegal. In Chicago, they had banned foie gras. I think they finally removed the ban on that. But I believe they, so. They had banned foie gras. I think this is probably, the, the raw milk ban has to be one of the most absurd, uh, currently enforced laws out there. You can go and you can find the list of silly laws. You, if you go and search online, you can uh, go to startpage.com and, and find a whole website full of just silly, uh, just ancient laws that nobody ever is uh, is using anymore. No one's actually being charged with these things like, what is one of them, looking up in New Hampshire on Sundays or something while like you, that? While you pee. Yeah, uh, so so there are cl plenty of laws like that, but some of them are not so old or not so ancient, and some of them are, are as asinine and being enforced right now. So, again, another example of how it is that you may not realize it, but you could be a law-breaking citizen, too. Because I know some people out there just love to pat themselves on the back for how law-abiding they are, as though it's a, a badge of honor to obey all of the arbitrary laws out there, and as though they have some concept of how many laws uh, that, that, uh, that they are actually obeying all of the laws out there. I think what people think is, when they call themselves a law-abiding citizen, I think what they're thinking to themselves is, well, I don't hurt anyone, so therefore I'm law-abiding. And that's a true statement, in that you're abiding by natural law, you're abiding by the you know the laws of nature, wherein if you do harm, then it's likely that harm might come back to you. Right. They don't understand that many of these laws are coercive, uh, just awful things that uh, haven't been properly thought out. And uh, you know somehow or another, I as a good man am supposed to you know stand idly by and uh, not. No, well, I should, shouldn't break this law for God's sake. It's against the law, even though it's stupid. That these uh, people that consider themselves law-abiding consider likely believe they are good people. They believe they're honest, and I believe they are. They're honest, probably very good people who don't believe they're doing anything wrong, and I don't think that these folks thought they were doing anything wrong either by selling people milk. They weren't doing anything no, wrong. No, they were not doing anything wrong, but yet the state agents would have you believe that these people are criminals. And you will be forced to pay for this, by the way. You'll be forced, if they go to jail, you'll be forced to put them there. Because they're looking at jail time for well, these people. Well, they're threatening jail time, but what they really want is money. Okay, that may be the case. But nonetheless, you're paying for all of the prosecution. You're paying for everything. You're paying for this aggression. 1-800-259-9231. I guess the question is, when will people stop going along with this? When will people stop supporting the aggressors? 
I know that I'm not ready to stop completely. I've stopped in a number of ways. Certainly at the federal level, I've uh, I've stopped as much as I possibly can. The local aggressors are a little bit more difficult to stop supporting because, well, they'll steal my house from me. So let's get together and stop together. See what happens then. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, including the chat room. Go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners any old time. Best time, of course, is during the show at chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. Well, it happened. The uh, prices at gold.freetalklive.com have gone up. And I've got a question for you. Oh, good thing I bought before they went up. Yeah, same well, here. They actually already went up once before I bought, so good thing I bought it before they went up and then, and then again. Well, then I bought in the, that sort of middle period, and they've gone up um, again recently. It was, it was just uh, at the end of last week. But I've got a question for you. No, wait, wait. They could go down. That they, is a possibility. You think? They could go down. Right. right. Do you think they're going to? I don't know. Well, of course you don't. Make a guess. Long term, I don't think so. Yeah, like I just don't think so either. Gold and silver it could take a little dip, but I see more and more dollars being printed, and that to me means gold and silver prices going up, up, and up. The question that you have to ask yourself is, are you going to wait around until the next time when the prices go up, or are you going to get it now? Gold.freetalklive.com. There's a layaway option for those of you who haven't got any money saved up and you need a, a good system for saving. Putting it in a bank bank account, bank account, savings accounts are for suckers. Sorry. Um, go to gold. Uh, actually, t- dial this number for and put it on layaway eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. It's eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. They'll let you put a you know percentage down, like ten or twenty percent down, and then you can pay on it weekly or biweekly whenever you get your paycheck until you get up enough to twenty five coins or so. That's about what the shipping rate is, and then you get them sent to you, and then you can start it on again. And it's a nice little savings plan for those of you who don't put it away, and those that you do have some money put away and you haven't bought yet, you're gonna wait around until the next time the rates go up. Gold.freetalklive.com. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to get my hands on those Lakotas because I've heard so many good things about them. They're certainly a beautiful coin. Thing is, you, you can't get hung up on the price because if I were to if I were to really look at the price too hard, I'd get hung up on it. Because when I bought Liberty dollars years ago, must have been seven years ago now. I think the going rate was nine bucks a piece. I paid just over, I think, about ten bucks each for uh, for one ounce. Silver Liberties back seven years ago, and now if you go look at the, what a loaf of bread is in the store, Ian, it's gone up too. You're going to get hung up on the price of the loaf of bread. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can't I allow myself to get hung up on it because it, I don't consider myself when I buy gold and silver. I don't consider it an investment. I just consider it a way to hold value. That's how I yep. think about it. Because if I considered it an investment, I'd beat myself up for not buying twice as much back when it was ten dollars. Yep. It's just I bought what I could afford, and now I bought what I could afford. And and so that's just how it is. If it goes, the price goes down, that's okay. I've still got ounces and ounces of silver that I can use if something absolutely terrible happens. That, I, they're very useful for that, in my opinion, to have something to fall back on that's not the, the worthless paper dollar. And like you say, Mark, if hyperinflation hits, or perhaps when hyperinflation hits, then, yeah, those things will become invaluable at that point. That's how I feel about it, at least. So, uh, so whether I got them for twenty-two dollars and thirty cents or twenty-four or whatever the what's I don't even know what the current the current price is, but whatever the price is, now's the time to buy them if you're looking to buy gold and silver. Because if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, maybe the prices will go up. Maybe they'll go down. It's just a crapshoot at this point. 
I suspect <laughs> I it, it's my belief. That's the reason I bought you know just last week. Um, I expect them to go up. I expect them to as well, uh, but I won't I won't beat myself up if the prices uh, prices drop because I think long term. It's very likely that uh, that they will. But I'm not an expert. I'm just a talk show host. 800-259-9231. Gold.freetalklive.com is where you can go for that. Let's go to Karen in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Karen, what's on your mind tonight? Hi. Well, I was just going to say that one of the reasons that they don't want us to be drinking raw milk or anything else that actually has real nutrients in it uh, is because we'd be healthy and we'd start to think for ourselves and question their Corrupt policies. Well, I consider myself healthy, and I've questioned corrupt policies, and I've been drinking regular processed milk my entire life. So I don't know if that's quite the reason, but an interesting theory. Well, uh, the processed milk that you're drinking has been genetically altered since the late 80s, and genetic manipulation of the food supply is known to have toxic effects in the real research that takes place, and it's cumulative. So the more you drink... Cumulative? Cumulative. I knew I was missing an L or something <laughs> there. But it is cumulative, and mm. and it adds up, and you add to that and all the toxins in our food supplies and the red dyes and the yellow dyes and just all the crap, the high-fructose corn syrup, which is notoriously genetically altered. Um, I mean, I'm all in favor of sugar over high fructose corn syrup, and I understand that it's the government's laws and uh, regulations that essentially make it very prohibitive to uh, to deal with sugar because of all the import tariffs that they've uh, they've placed upon it. That's why, one of the reasons why you see so much high fructose corn syrup out there. It's re- basically an, an industry response to the regulation of the sugar industry. It's you know the corn business benefiting over the the sugar business, and it's all political. Uh, I, I'm just not one of those people that's real paranoid about the the idea of genetically modified foods. I, I understand that people are really scared of this, but when I go to the, the grocery store and I see 20 different kinds of apples, I kind of think that's pretty cool. You really know what it does, though, or have you just considered that maybe it's cut and spliced like it was in times when farmers actually could do that? Do you really know that it alters the DNA at the DNA level. Well, I don't know, you know but... that they use um, in order to do that. Uh, they can take the gene; they've isolated genes, like from a fish, mm-hmm. from a flounder, to be precise, to where the fish can um, withstand cold water. So they isolate yeah. that gene, and then they take it and they put it into a tomato, thinking, "Well, this is a really good idea." But the thing is, Ian, they don't know where it goes, and one DNA strand is ten feet long. So it's like doing surgery with a shovel. They know it needs to be in there somewhere. They just don't know where. And each strand of DNA is its own unique little universe. And so in order to get it even in there, they either have to coat the gene with tungsten shards and gold-covered shards and use a high-pressure gun with extreme pressure to shoot it in there or they infect it with a virus. And once they've done either of those two choices... They put an antibiotic wash on it to see if it even worked. So right there you're adding antibiotics, which we know from history develop problems when you use too many antibiotics. But then if it It sounds very scary. Uh, How long have they been doing this for? They've done it since the late 80s and into the 90s. And actually in the 90s, uh, or no, back when Ronald Reagan was president, Monsanto hired a company called uh, Arthur Anderson Consulting Company, and they asked them what they'd like their future to look like. 
And Monsanto said, we want to own 100% of the world's seeds with the patent. And that's how they worked back from that to get the cooperation with the government. Bush was the first Bush was vice president at the time. And what this technology has done, when they first introduced it into Europe, soy allergies went up by 50% within the first year of introduction. Genetic alteration of the food is not just a, a cut and splice, because also to get that trait to work, they have to put in what's called a promoter gene. It's like a light switch that you turn on and off. The promoter gene, though, is on 24 hours a day. It never shuts off, and they never anticipated that some of those genes not only would keep living but would transfer into our organs, like our liver or our kidneys, and that's what's happened. And the real research on animals that is independent of Monsanto and independent of the scientists who are on their payroll proves that rats die, pigs cannot develop um, real fetuses, they deliver bags of water. There are a lot of horrible side effects that are happening, and because it's unlabeled, we don't even know and cannot connect the dots. So the milk you're drinking, though, if you're just drinking regular milk, um, it is from cows who have been treated with a genetically altered recombinant bovine growth hormone. You sound like somebody who's done an awful lot of uh, research into this. And I have to say that some of the some of your concerns I share in that I share uh, the concern of having one gigantic monolithic food provider. I'm against uh, the idea of monopoly, certainly. I like the idea of having competition. And a lot of this is being made possible, uh, this monopolistic uh, food providing is being made possible by governments and teaming up with uh, with corporations and all that. But on the other hand, uh, thank you for the call, by the way. On the other hand, I'm just grateful to be able to walk into the store and buy a jug of milk. I don't have to, you know, forage for I food. I like my milk raw, but, you know, I don't know why. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want, and humans are living longer. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Again, just a few more moments left. Enough time for your calls tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. It helps us out, helps get the show on more radio stations. Just over the weekend, we crossed into the 60 threshold. Uh, just It was just this summer, Mark, where we hit 50 uh, radio stations. Or I guess yeah. no, it was earlier this year. But nonetheless, we uh, things seem to be accelerating a little bit for Free Talk Live. They absolutely are. Uh, and the fact is, having stations makes it easier to add more stations. Uh, so getting the next being on more stations makes it uh, more likely we get more amplifiers to get more money together to be able to attract more stations because it requires advertising. Sometimes it requires right. equipment. Um, so you know all these things work together. And your three bucks a month can make a difference. Uh, we've got over 500 people that are contributing to the Free Talk Live AMP program at this time, and you could be one of them. So please uh, sign on board at amp.freetalklive.com. And help us get to 70, and then 80, and then 90, and then 100, and then 200, and who knows, man? The, the, the big Sky's boys the limit. Got, the big boys have hundreds of them, and we can be there, too, with your help. At amp.freetalklive.com, you get perks, too. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, just a, before we continue with the calls here, we t- had Karen on the line, and she s- sounded like such a nice lady uh, who very... Very, very authentic. 
very believing in what it was that she was talking about. Some of it sounded pretty strange, but then again, I've done no research into this. I mean, I'm a completely ignorant person when it comes to the uh, the idea of genetically modified foods. And we've had people call in and, and tell us things over the years. I've never heard anybody talking about injecting gold shards or whatever it was that she Thompson. was talking about, but... It's all very intriguing and very interesting, and indeed, I'm sure bad things would happen if there were only just one food manufacturer out there. Thank goodness there are not. There are a number of them uh, that are that are out there. But when we're talking about stuff like raw milk, Mark, you said you prefer it. I'm sure I've had it. I think you brought me some at one point. And, yeah. You know, it was fine. Tastes like milk, uh, by and large. It, the uh, problem I have with it is it goes bad freaking fast. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I like my processed milk. I can get myself a half a gallon of it, and it can sit in my fridge, and I don't have to worry about it going bad two days later. What was it, two days that you have no. with raw milk? How long is it? Now you got about six. Six? It depends on how uh, quickly they cool it. There's other systems for, like, flash cooling and things like that. So, you know, there's there's other systems for keeping it around longer. But, yeah, it, uh, it, it doesn't keep as long. And one has to really ask, why does uh, pasteurized, homogenized milk keep longer? They're adding preservatives to it, They're right? doing something to it. I mean, <laughs> if this is the way milk is supposed to be, and it goes bad after six days, what happens that makes the other milk not last that long? I'm sure you could probably look it up on Wikipedia. It's and probably it. shards of tungsten. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't pay attention. But, uh, you know, it, it see, what, seems to, what seems to me, and, and this is what argumentum ad antiquium, it's old. It must be good. This is how humans have gotten their milk for 10,000 years. It's good enough for me. It sells me on milk. I'll pay it. Yeah, see, I, I Up guess... here in New Hampshire, I can get milk just as raw milk just as cheaply as I can get past, uh, pasteurized, homogenized milk. Well, hey, there you go. Why not get that? Why not have the farmer deliver it to your door? And that's what we've got up here. How because much does we it have cost? Liberty, I don't, uh, it's like three fifty a gallon. We have huh. liberty-loving individuals who've set up businesses doing just this because they care about, well, for one thing... Food liberty, you know, liberty around growing food and stuff like that. Like I say, that. I think that's great and all, but how do you do it in the, uh, you know, New York City? How, how do you get your hands on raw milk there? Because there's not a farm anywhere nearby that you can just hop on down to or have the farmer hop in his if little truck. If you live truck in and... New York City, your problems as far as liberty goes are significantly higher than milk. I understand that. We're not talking about the problems of liberty right now or the tyranny of the state. I'm just talking about generally the idea that the reason why uh, pasteurized milk exists. The reason why uh, homogenized milk exists, this milk with the uh, preservative preservative effect on it, mm -hmm. is because it needs to get out to millions of people, and it needs to stay good while it's being the, going through the process of being distributed to the stores and put on the shelves and waiting for people to to get to to put their hands on it. It uh, it helps with the process of distribution. This is not a problem that confronts me in my daily life, Ian. I'm I don't have an answer for it. I'm not trying to it. convince you to, to buy. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying no, it's what a I'm telling you, you is if people care, then make then make that a, an issue for you in your lifestyle. Will you have to pay more? Yes. If you care about it, read about raw milk. If if you find that that's what you want in your life, get it. If you don't want raw milk, fine. Uh, what I'm Drink your pasteurized, homogenized crap. I'm not really explaining <laughs> it to you. I'm explaining it to myself and the, and the listening audience in general. Uh, that There's a reason why the, we have the milk we have on the shelves. There's a reason, there's a why, reason why they put milk in boxes on uh, you know islands where they don't have cows. 
Because the stuff keeps longer. There's a reason that they dry it out and make powdered milk. Yeah. But those things aren't as good for you as raw milk is. Okay. If you want it, get it. If you don't want it, nobody cares. Raw milk's good enough for most people, obviously, because that's what the market has decided is uh, is appropriate. If everybody thought you mean raw homogenized milk, yes, yeah, excuse me, homogenized milk. Well, if no, that's that... not exactly true though, because the homogenized, pasteurized milk companies have pushed out the raw milk people. No, that's true. They do have lots of milk legislation. So we don't know what it would be like. There's lots of milk that's legislation, just as many as, uh, just as much as there is egg legislation out there. We don't know what the market pace of, place would be like, and the touché, average person touché. doesn't even understand what it would be like so i don't know but i prefer to have it like it is you know in the old days all right let's go to your phone calls uh, you got me on that one let's talk to alex in new hampshire you're on free talk live on the amp line hey guys As hey, part alex. of my uh chemistry course i need to uh take a lab and our last lab is coming up on wednesday and we're doing a, a section on global warming and i have the instructions for the lab sitting right in front of me and this is so asinine It's labeled here, Task 3. We need to prepare a poster that answers the question, what should we do about global warming? So it presumes presumes that it's true. Yes. And then to continue on, it says, to narrow your focus, choose three sources and or sinks that should be regulated and a suggestion for method of regulation for each one mentioned. What are you going to do? I'm going to see if I can somehow say that uh, the free market should regulate it, just so that I can use the word regulation to make her happy. Yeah, that's to make the, that, it's true, yeah. though. I mean, as, as your source, you can use uh, regu- uh, you know the regulation uh, organizations like uh, United Laboratories. Third party, and, yep. You know, and and you underwriters can, laboratories. Under, uh, pardon me if I said it wrong. Um, you know, you can use those things, and I think that that will satisfy whatever that person you know wants. And it'll certainly be a unique approach. That's for sure. And I think it's so ironic that, that we're doing this right after Climate Gate. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the people that are involved in the environmental protection movement just dismiss Climate Gate. It means nothing to them. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, well, thanks so for I'm, sharing that. Yeah, I'll uh, let you know how it goes. It just gives you a good look into the world of college today and how it is that certain things are presumed to be true. And this this course is being taught, and this, this particular portion of it is being taught with a presumption that this is fact, and now let's figure out how we can control people's lives to deal with it. There's never the, the question state, of, is this true? One of the stated goals of the lab is to, and it says it right here, make recommendations for public policy and explore potential regulatory options. And that's what it's really all about, um, you know. And I'm I'm deeply disturbed by some of the emails that we that, you know we saw during the the climate gate thing, and you know it's it it is incumbent upon the person making the statement. So. There is global warming. It is incumbent upon that person to prove their case. And I don't, you know, with with the documents that were found during ClimateGate that shows that how they uh, tried to suppress uh, certain you know time periods and uh, you know evidence like that. They tried to express you know suppress this evidence. And there's you know talked about ostracizing scientists that disagreed with them. You know, to me, that means that they haven't proven their case as far as man-made global warming. Is the global warming? I don't know. Is the global is global global climate changing? I'll bet. Um, but as far as man doing it, I you know I remain unconvinced. And even more importantly, even if it is happening, 
the the worst organizations to take care of this are government. Absolutely. Alex? We even need to research the Kyoto Protocol. It's terrible. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You are free to bring up absolutely anything you might happen to want to. But we're almost out of time for the radio edition of the show. Mark, do you want to go into overtime tonight? Because we've got other calls coming. Fine with me. All right, we're going to do an extended edition of the show. Internet only if you're a radio listener. Uh, well, we'll be signing off the radio waves here in moments. But you can grab uh, the stream online at listen.freetalklive.com, where we'll, we will be continuing here shortly. Again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. For the rest of you that can't join us there, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime, of course, at freetalklive.com. Internet listeners, stay on board. We've got more coming up here in moments. So we are going to do an extended edition of the program here. The phone number is available for you, as always, at 603-435-1105. Special internet-only call-in line. Free Talk Live amplifiers are also able to uh, to get involved here via the Free Talk Live amp lines. I was talking with you, Mark, earlier about doing an extended show, and somebody decided was call- to spring it on me well, uh, in yes, the middle of the show. Yeah, somebody was calling in at the very end of the show, so I figured, well, let's do, let's go into overtime here and uh, see what this person has to say. Free Talk Live, you are on the air on the amp line. Hello there. Hey, it's Matt from Illinois. Hey, you're on the air on the extended edition, internet only. What's on your mind tonight? I just had a suggestion for that kid that that just called. So okay. I can Alex. hope that he's listening on the internet. Oh, he probably yes, is. Alex. I'm sure okay, he is. Good. Well, I'd like to say that he should take his project and he should look at, at the science that says the sun is warming the earth he sh- and, and warming and cooling the earth, and that's what's causing global warming for the most part, and that man-made global warming affects it a, a very minimal amount, and therefore no regulation should take place. How about this? How about the U.S. federal government is the number one polluter in uh, the United States, so we should regulate them out of existence? That would be a good way to go, too. <laughs> Makes I, sense to yeah, me. I would totally agree with that. I would dance in the streets if that happened. Wouldn't but, we all? Uh, Can't happen soon enough. No, I agree. All right, Matt, anything okay. else? That's it. Hey, thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 603-435-1105, extended edition here, internet only, brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Jason Osborne at SACL CAI, also uh, behind the show as a major sponsor. Thank you so much to everybody that's uh, an advertiser and supporter and amplifier of uh, Free Talk Live. And thanks to you if you're just a listener right now. But we certainly would love to convert you into a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. So I've got another story here, Mark, and this one is... Kind of a shocker, because we've talked about in the past the various different lists. They have these uh, economic freedom of the world lists. There are a couple of them. There's one from the Heritage Foundation. There's another one from the Free the World or FreeTheWorld.org. FreeTheWorld.org, yeah. And in those uh, on those lists, the United States not doing so hot. Uh, in many cases, it's between six and thirteenth, I think, ranked. As yeah, far I think thirteenth was the lowest uh, the United States got in the during the Bush administration. Um, probably the Patriot Act didn't help with that, and certainly the uh, Iraq War being, you know, the, the cost of that being spread out all over. I can hardly imagine how unfree uh, economically we will be once uh, we get socialized medicine in the United States, simply because, well, um, it, it, uh, all the other countries that have socialized medicine rely on the United States military to essentially back them up. So we're the rest of the world's military. 
So, um, let me continue this here. The story is out of the Liberator Online, the folks over the Advocates for Self-Government. Great organization, by the way. Theadvocates.org is their website. It's an organization that is dedicated to helping liberty-minded people be better communicators of their ideas. And it's something I, I myself need to work on. I, even Everybody though I, does. Right. Even though I do this show six uh, nights a week, three hours a night, I still have some foibles and problems with uh, getting ideas across. And everybody can be better than they currently are at communicating the ideas of freedom. So go to the advocates for that. And get on board with the Liberator Online. It's a great little, I think it's, now, bi-weekly, is that twice that's once every other week, Correct. bi-weekly? Okay, so it's a bi-weekly publication delivered into your email box, and they claim, and I believe them, that it's the highest subscribed publication in the libertarian universe. So, it's that good. It's got Mary Ruart. She's got a regular column in here, which is excellent. Short answers are tough. Short, short answers to tough questions, I believe. Anyway, here's the story from the good, the, uh, good news, bad news, unbelievable news. While visiting China recently, U.S. Trade Representative Ron Kirk declared that the United States is the most open market in the world. Sadly, that's total nonsense. The Cato Institute, now, the Cato Institute is not known for being a truly principled, liberty-oriented organization, but we'll take the info where we can. Yeah, there's a lot of, they put out a lot of good stuff. I mean, (laughs) some of their stances on some things that I would take umbrage with, but they put out a lot of good stuff. Daniel Griswold points out that fully 27 countries have more open markets than the United States, which means that the people in those nations enjoy greater freedom to trade internationally than Americans do. Griswold bases this startling claim on the highly regarded annual Economic Freedom of the World Report. The Economic Freedom of the World Report weighs tariffs, regulatory barriers, exchange rate, and capital controls, and actual levels of trade to calculate which economies are truly the most open. According to the 2009 report, the ten most open economies in the world are Hong Kong, Singapore, Chile, Ireland, Panama, the Netherlands, United Arab Emirates, Slovak Republic, Hungary, and Luxembourg. Far Far down the list is the United States. You know, I always thought Luxembourg would have made the good Free State Project. I mean, I understand yeah. that there's probably some kind of immigration thing that's a huge issue. You know, how do you get people to move to Luxembourg? You know, I, I don't know anything about international immigration, and likely that right. would have been a stumbling block for a lot of people. But Luxembourg is essentially very free as far as uh, economic freedoms. Uh, clearly, they don't have a military to support, and they're not going to be invading anyone. So I always thought it might would be a, a, a would have been a good place, but, you know, obviously the, the problems of international immigration are a real issue. As Griswold writes in his new book, Mad About Trade, quote, despite the claims of openness, the government imposes significant barriers against imported clothing, footwear, leather products, glassware, watches, clocks, table and kitchenware, costume jewelry, pens, mechanical pencils, musical instruments, cutlery, cutlery rather, hand tools, ball and roller bearings, ceramic wall and floor tile, railway cars, processed fruits and vegetables, rice, cotton, sugar, milk, cheese, butter, and canned tuna. And that's just for starters. The blatant protectionism immensely benefits some powerful U.S. business interests at a terrible cost to middle- and low-income Main Street American workers and their families who would benefit enormously from the increased jobs and lower prices that global competition brings. How outrageous and sad that the United States, so long an example of free trade to the rest of the world, is falling increasingly behind in this crucial area. And it's going to continue, people. Really? You think the United States government's going to suddenly turn more towards freedom? Like they're going to start 
obeying their constitution, as uh, so many would like to say, that somehow, I mean, what's going to change? I just can't imagine anything changing. Yes, uh, the Ron Paul movement uh, really really sort of brought liberty to the forefront forefront as far as a lot of people's uh, minds go, and I think that that's a really great thing. I just don't know what's going to change to make the United States start being more free in 2012. At a national level? Right. In 2012, are we going to be presented with an opportunity uh, to vote in a general election with a real pro-freedom candidate? (laughs) <laughs> even even a ninety percenter, or like you know, uh, let's call Ron Paul a ninety-five percenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with a ninety percenter, you think we're going to be presented with that option? You mean in the final round? No, that's the general election. Yeah, in, in, sure. In in the the primaries, there'll probably be somebody. I I hope. I hope against hope that uh, Judge Napolitano runs. I hope that he makes the general. If there's a year that it could happen, maybe it's two thousand and twelve. I'm for it. I am for it. Even if that guy gets in, do you really think he can do anything with the Congress and the Senate? Well, we know that, uh, by the way, that that character, Judge Napolitano, will be at the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum coming up in March of 2010. So he's going to be keynoting there. More importantly, I'll be there. (laughs) I'll be there on Thursday night. I'll sign your free free talk live swag you buy from Johnson. All right. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I wish I could be there for it. Unfortunately, I will have to go to the talk radio. You're going to be there. Convention. You're just not going to be there for the whole thing. I know. I wish I could be there for the whole thing because it's a lot of darn fun. I, it is. I it's really, really, really great. I, well, it's one I, of my favorite things every year. I miss the uh, going to the talkers thing too. So I mean, don't feel bad. Uh, that's that's always enjoyable, except the part where your cheap ass won't pay for a second bed. Uh, <laughs> it only happened once. It really, it was only once. Yeah. It I really think, scarred I me. Think. All right, so we're going to continue with your phone calls here. The amp lines are open. The special Internet-only line is 603-435-1105, 603-435-1105. As we go to the phones and the fun, who's this? You're on Free Talk Live, Internet-only edition. This is Keith from Keene. Keith, what's on your mind, dude? Before I go to my actual topic, um, I just heard some disturbing news. When, When are you going to be at the Liberty Forum? I will be there all day Thursday, and whenever we get there on Thursday till uh, through Thursday night, and then I have to go uh, down to New York, New York City, and I'll be back late Saturday. So likely around midnight on Saturday, I will be returning to join the uh, the Saturday night uh, shindig. Oh, so so you're not going to be there the whole time, really? Uh, that's correct. You'll have to get your hugs in early. Deepens the event a little. Does it? Well, I would hope not because it's a great event and I'm just there broadcasting and Free Talk Live will still be broadcasting. So right. the, the host with the personality will still be there. <laughs> okay, so to my topic, um, yes, sir. I was recently at the, um, the Keene Quaker meeting. Yes. And, um, oh, Mark, by the way, um, the Quaker said hi. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's been trying to make me feel bad for not going. It's not working. <laughs> they, they all said, where's Mark? You know, they did. They did. Well, they but they anyway, do say so, that. As I said, the host with the most personality. All right. So go ahead, Keith. Okay. So, um, like I saw the Quakers talk about a lot of pro freedom stuff there. Like I was in a meeting a couple months ago, and they were talking about raw milk and how it's it's really hard to give out raw milk, to even give it away for free in New Hampshire. And they were complaining about that. I thought that was pretty cool. But um, this this week when I was there on Sunday. Um, and Sunday is part of this week. It's the first day of the week for those of you that disagree. You're wrong. So anyway, um, I was there, and they were 
were talking about um, giving some of, some money from the Quakers to a certain Quaker there, like from the meeting as a whole to one individual person. Mm-hmm. And one of them brought up an issue that they don't think it's it's legal to do that if you give more than seven hundred dollars a year. They they said that oh that that person would be considered an employer employee of the Quakers and they'd have to get all type of insurance for that person. It was like they went on and on about how much the government sucks, pretty much. Well, yeah. you know, that's what it's a real shame that the government put in place uh, these rules for employee, you know, to protect employees. But what they, in fact, did was, uh, you know, make it that much more difficult for churches and, uh, you know, not not for profit organizations to, to help take people. care of somebody. In this particular instance, here they are, another person hurt by the government regulation. It you know, really sad. I they're mean, also the pretty obedient for Quakers, crying. too. They're also pretty obedient for Quakers. I mean, aren't Quakers known for not giving too much of a damn about the uh, the laws and regulations and just kind of doing their own thing? I don't. There were some Quakers that recently did that in Atlanta. They they hung the um, anti-war sign on the interstate. Yeah, bridge. I heard about did y'all that. Y'all see the picture? I heard about it. I don't think I saw the picture, but it's on your forum. Okay, there's a lot of stuff on that forum. Five hundred thousand posts. I don't have time to look at it all. Do you? Yes. <laughs> Even between your uh, guerrilla uh, marketing for Free Talk Live by taking flyers and putting them in library books around the uh, state and nation. Oh, I wanted to mention that. I just thank you for the reminder. I just did that in Manchester. Um, I know it's illegal and all, but I'm a Quaker, so I really don't care. <laughs> Wait, what's illegal? Well, enhancing books. Really? I don't want you to do that. I don't know. Well, okay, so is it illegal or are you just making that up? Can you look it up for me with your crack team of researchers? You're my team of researchers, Keith. You'll have to look it up for yourself. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it does sound like it's against the rules. I of suspect. the library to go insert things into books. It, look, if they the library tells you to librarian tells you not to do it, and then you continue to do it, the cop will come and take you away. You've does never that make been told illegal? not to, Keith. Have you ever been told not to? Yes. I was in Mass um, at one of the libraries, but I'd already finished at that point. Well, so Massachusetts. I, said, okay. I mean, there's Nazis, you know, so library Nazis down there. By the way, Keith is the uh, Activist of the Year for 2009 with the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at nhliberty.org. Maybe you'll be able to take that title from him this year if you're here in New Hampshire. And if you're not here in New Hampshire, what the hell? What are you waiting for? In fact, we just had somebody oh, come Mark. here brand new over the weekend. Keith, I, I want to ask you about your, uh, your Activist of the Year award. Does it, does it blow your ego up when, you, when somebody says that? Because I can tell you, it makes me jealous just to hear you say you call the Activist of the Year. I'm not saying you don't deserve it because I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who might deserve it more um but, you know but there's there's certainly some contenders as probably as active as you are and i'm sure they'll have the award at some point in in history but you know how's it feel well my ego was already pretty big before i got it to be yeah, honest same here all right so you're gonna um, say yeah but mark i do have a question are you really going to the anti-war rally in manchester this weekend i have no idea what you're talking about actually that is it this some oh, facebook, facebook thing yeah, yeah well, you were going to the anti-war rally. People send me things, and I click to you know do stuff, and sometimes I click a- approve when I you know don't mean to. So I wouldn't hold me to uh, anything that I've I've clicked so on. So you there. don't actually read the things you click on on Facebook? Is that what you're saying? You don't actually I look, look at them. To... I might so click you... the wrong thing. <laughs> so should we not send you stuff on Facebook? Just use your email because you don't know how to use Facebook. 
I, I think I know how to use so, Facebook. So and... anytime Mark ever confirms himself for an event, then you can't really expect him to show up. Is basically what you're saying, Mark? You're just unreliable because you, whoa, whoopsie, I don't know what I've clicked. I, <laughs> around I, I get so much of this stuff. I, I, what, I think that I, I, I would say maybe or something to that because I don't know whether I would necessarily go or not. But, or, you know, that, that would, I, I don't know. Okay, there you have it, Keith. He is probably not going to attend your event because he didn't even know what he was doing. Well, I'm not going now either. Oh, see what you've done now, Mark. You've killed the movement. Yeah, that's it. You poisoned the well. Keith, anything else? No, that's all. Keep up the great show, guys. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. All right. 603-435-1105. You know, because I've said that I really don't pay much attention to the groups and uh, events that people send me on Facebook, that I'm going to just barrage with them now, like NAMBLA and things like that. God knows. You do belong in NAMBLA, that's for sure. Let's what do go... I belong in NAMBLA for? Is that your attempt at this week's joke? No, not really. Let's go to uh, another unscreened Wop. call. That's all we can do here, because we're going to have a screener. Uh, eight, uh, the numbers, by the way, 603-435-1105. You are on that line. Hello there. Hey, how you doing? This hey. is a direct line high atop of the Purple Mountain Majesties. What's happening, dude? Dave in Montana. Hey, this is a nice a little extended version here. So Yeah, you don't get this on the radio waves. No. Hey, uh, of course, you don't get the radio waves anymore. The station that you used to listen on went uh, out of business. They got sued. What are they playing now? Dead. Off the air. Static, white, white noise, really? a lot of white noise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't changed hands already, and they've put on country music no, or something. trying to get it back online. He has to come up with $3 million or get it reheard Damn. or something like that. <clears throat> $3 million. Uh, I think I'd just go out and buy my own AM transmitter and uh, say the hell with the, the license at that point. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, Dave. What were you calling about? I was listening to you guys before your last caller and uh, talking about you know this nation being free and this and that. You gotta talk right into your phone, Dave. And I was thinking, uh, the only time this nation's gonna be free is when we don't let these politicians stay in office for 30 years. And we don't let them accept millions of dollars from billionaire corporations to buy them out. And as long as they keep doing that, we got no chance of being a free nation. There's never a chance of there uh, being a free nation uh, in this country. And I, th I generally agree with what you're saying, and having those kind of reforms at the national level, going back to what you were saying earlier, Mark, is it's impossible. You're never going to get those changes because they're way too entrenched. Uh, the incumbents are locked in. They've managed to lock out anybody else that wants to come in from third parties and that sort of thing. The system is stacked against anybody that wants to come up through the ranks. As we found out with the Ron Paul so-called revolution last year, they shut those guys down, broke their own rules in order to do it, which isn't a surprise. So there'd be no real way to have that kind of reform at the national level. The only way you're going to have a free nation is to forget about the nation and just have a free wherever the hell you are. Well, I think if we put in term limits, it would be a good start. How would you do that? we got a, a initiative form, but a lot of states don't got the The feds don't got it, but we got to get a, get together, get 100,000 votes, I mean, uh, signatures together, and tell them, hey, we, we want these guys limited. They don't care. Limited. Yeah, they don't care. 
you're going to spend thousands. If, if you're going to go for that, and I'm not against, and I'm not against term limits. I think that there's some advantages and disadvantages to them, and I'm a little scared of them early on as in, in a liberty movement. I wouldn't think that that would be the the first the step I would take. I, I I don't disagree, um, but I. I would say that if you're going to go after one issue and you're going to get a bunch of people behind that one issue, that the, probably the step to take would be the Re- the Bills Act with Downsize DC at DownsizeDC.org. If you can get the politicians to read their bills and to sign an affidavit that they've right. sat for a reading of the bill. that's not a law to begin with, that they can sure. sign these bills without reading them. I think they should be dragged right out of office if they put their name on that paper and they didn't read it. Yep. We, we can all sit here and say what we think about their system and how bad it is and all the wonderful ways that we could brilliantly uh, decide on how to uh, make it better. And I would agree with you on many of those ideas, Dave, but I just don't believe that any of them are practical to actually implement because of the way the system is designed. The system isn't designed. It's, it's the money. If you had enough money, you'd be able to probably implement somebody. That's true. But if you had enough money, then you... If you had enough money... Would anyway because it cost them too much money to bring you to court yeah yep. <laughs> so i mean if you had enough money it wouldn't matter and also it would your money would go a lot farther in getting the in buying the politicians than it would in trying to get the politicians to act right because the politicians know in the long term they're hurting themselves by going for liberty so um you'd much be much better off saying i want them to pay for my sports team or you know whatever it is you know to help my industry in some way or to cut out my competition and it just makes the rich people incentivized to buy the politicians and screw us all up so i think an asteroid is really the cure (laughs) i don't know how you're gonna um, put put an initiative out to get that either (laughs) (laughs) it's a good one though i like that dave anything else you want to share uh you have hey i just think of this earth as like uh the family car and we're all cruising down the cosmic highway right and all the different nations are in the back seat, you know, with this car that we're traveling down on the cosmic highway here. And everybody's freaking out that they ain't got enough room. They're sticking their feet over the lines that they draw on the seats and everything. I, I'm just waiting for the old man to turn around and give him a good shot in the head. <laughs> So, Ian, you smoke pot. Do you want to smoke pot with Dave? <laughs> I love you know what I'm talking about. I love to smoke a fatty with Dave. That'd be awesome. Needs. That's the asteroid hitting us. Boom. And then all of a sudden we're going to realize we are one world, that we better take care of one another, or we're going to freaking drop dead. You're right on, Dave. As always, a uh, very uh, good call. Appreciate hearing from you, and the wisdom is certainly there. And, and maybe you'll come out one of these days to, uh, to New Hampshire, and we'll get that opportunity. Oh, def- most definitely. You're going to see me walking through that door where the chair is at over there. I'll come walking in there, and I'll say, yo, dudes, what's up? <laughs> Thanks for the Excellent. call, man. Appreciate hearing from All you tonight. Right. Very cool. I like that guy. You know, just that story of him talking about the driving the car and stuff made me want to smoke pot with Dave. Is that right? You know, that's not my thing, man. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's what you hear in a car, right? If you've got a family. 800 is top touching me. Uh, excuse me. There's no 800 number here unless you're an amplifier, in which case you know what that is. 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. So, all 
All right. I don't know. I don't know if there's much else here. I don't really have anything burning that I have to get out on the air here tonight. Uh, so if you don't want to call in, we're going to wrap this up, I think, here shortly. What about the um, uh, the, the voting? Um, there's, the voting. Which, yeah. which voting? Uh, voting at vote.freetalklive.com. Uh, how are we doing? Well, we're in third place. Ooh. Now, I wanted to talk. First, I want to talk about the, the important voting, which is podcast, uh, awards, podcast awards. Which is over. Right. That's over. There's nothing really anybody who's listening can do. We're in Thank that, you for that, by the way, for yeah, voting. Thank you, everybody who voted. It's so important. And, um, you know, I, I sincerely hope we win. It's on the 12th that they're going to make their announcements. So very shortly, we're in the where that kind of period where there's really nothing that can be done. We don't know the answer. Yeah. And we're just kind of waiting. Uh, they're going to have their awards on the evening of the 12th, and uh, we're going to try to take care of that, you know, beyond the, their, their awards. But there's a lesser um, but still, you know, somewhat important uh, vote that we uh, would certainly appreciate, and you can do that at vote.freetalklive.com. This is the Podcast Alley Awards, and I'll be frank on how I feel on these things. I'm I'm somewhat ambivalent. The Podcast Alley website is essentially aban- abandoned. However, the noobs on the Internet, and yes, I said noobs, woot, and, and they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know that it's abandoned, okay? So the, the system works. It's just that there's nobody to watch it. And currently, as best I can tell, it's one of our um, trolls from the, the BBS has decided to vote up this podcast called Double Feature. I don't know why. Maybe they lack attention, whatever. But um, – you know, so we're 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 in third place, and we haven't been really pounding for votes too no, much. No, and we're not going to. So, you know, rather than me uh, prostrating myself on uh, national radio, could you just go and vote at vote.freetalklive.com so I don't have to, uh, you know, pound the Facebook uh, group late in the month because that's I really don't even care if we're number in the number one position throughout the month which is what we used to want we used to want to be in the uh, number one position. I still would like that I oh mean, I absolutely the would love number it. one the more people see you the more people come but if this or but if if the person who's voting for double feature is in fact cheating and it really looks that way because the votes come in these little clumps um, when they get well know, there's a thread on the BBS where about they talk cheating, about yes. to, uh, b- voting another show up yeah and they haven't said the word cheating on that thread, but I, you know, just the patterns, and I, I watched them far more thoroughly last month than I have this we month. We know the BBS is full of naughty people that know how to do that stuff. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, very, very adroit internet trolls. And I, so I don't know. I mean, it seems like that person is all they have to do is if, if I get a hundred people to go vote right now with my, with, with, you know, my, my quest, well, this all they're going to do is just go vote 105 times to put their, you know this double feature up yeah. on top. So screw it. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, I, maybe at the end of the month when we ask, then you know, vote then or whatever. Anyway, we appreciate everybody that's ever voted for Free Talk Live. But I can you. tell you, at the end of the last month, somebody was cheating for us because we were just, you know, we were just shooting up at the end. Thank you for whoever that was. I Not think that it's I the same person. Cheating, but- not that I encourage cheating, but hey. What if you know, it's whatever. the same person? You know, fire like, with fire? They seem to want it. The, 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 the guy who was on the BBS, and I don't even know his handle or whatever it is, you know, said that he wants to cause Free Talk Live to be a better show by cheating or by <laughs> you know voting up the other podcast. I mean, this is totally... Everybody's got their opinion, right? Some right. people say they... If you don't like what Free Talk Live's talking about, it's an open lines show. Yeah. You can call in about anything. Well, except for hour two. 
Well, it, it, it still is open lines, though. There were four people. I, f- I feel so bad for them, too, because there were four people on hold during the second hour of the show where we read that email, and they dropped off the line. You know, fact is, we would have taken your calls in, in hour three, and we will get to you. Promise. Promise we will. It's hard to wait, though. I, you it know, is. It, you got stuff to do. You've got a life. Right. right. I used to call in the radio shows, and if I didn't get on in ten minutes, I was out of there. So... It just depends on the shows you call in, and Free Talk Live is becoming a more and more popular show. It's going to be more and more difficult to get on. But imagine if we would have uh, you know, stopped reading that email halfway through, taken some calls. We would have never gotten back to the email. Then this you know, this important story wouldn't have been read. Johnson wants to school you. I think he's on the line oh, right God. now. Yes, Johnson. Well, uh, maybe it's not Johnson. Hello? You're on the air. It's Dave again. Calling to prove that DCR is Dave. I don't know how to prove it. So DCR. Is that you? Is that your handle in the chat room? Yeah. For okay. today is anyway. You know, there's a way. You know, there's something you can do, Dave. Is there's a little feature in the chat room called NickServe, and I don't know. You're new at the whole chat thing. I'm, I'm kind of computer illiterate. I'm like learning every step of the way here. I don't know. It's not, really a bummer. I can't reply fast. Right. I don't know if you can get somebody to give you a a walkthrough of it, but there's actually a way to reserve your nickname in the Free Talk Live chat room. So you can set it up to where whatever you want your name to be, Dave in Montana or DCR or whatever it is, you can lock it in, basically, and you can set a password for it. That's why when you you go to the Free Talk Live chat at chat.freetalklive.com, people sometimes ask, why is there a password field? Well, it's because if you have a reserved name, you can put in your reserved name and your reserved password, and then the system will basically uh, it'll authorize you to use that particular name. So nobody else can use FTL underscore Ian because I've reserved that name. Uh, so you could What's do the same thing, Dave, and have the same name every time you're in there, and then everybody will know it's you. But, What's mid? What's what? Mid thing. What? The mid thing. Oh, mid, mid, yeah. Like yeah, that's Kevin G K Z or whatever. Right. Uh, uh, th- what that is is it's a <laughs> randomized name that for noobs, newbies who uh, do not know enough to put in their own name or for whatever reason don't want to, maybe they want to remain anonymous. You, uh, the the chat system comes up with a randomized string of letters that starts with M I B and then there's seven G Y two one or whatever after that. And so anybody that you see that has the MIB name has just elected to not put in a name. Or just not figured out how to put in a name. It's not that hard. I don't see how. I mean, Dave figured it out, right, Dave? You, you put your own name in. Yeah, yeah. I just went for it and it accepted it. Usually it says, you know, you got to send the five bucks or something like that. But not on your thing, though. It's cool that it's free. We like it that way, Dave. And should we? how are we going to handle this, Mark? I mean, we've had two calls from Dave here tonight, but we're on the extended edition. So do we want to allow people to call more than once on the extended edition? Should we Should we break the rules like this? Should we change them for the extended Could edition? Could we talk to other people? That's like a possible. Then, do you got one we of could do that. Here, let's try that. Here's somebody else on the line. Here, now we're actually conferencing calls on the extended edition, which I think this is a first. I don't think we've ever taken two calls at once. Who's this? You're on the amp line. Hey, it's Johnson. Johnson, you're on with Dave. Hey, Dave. Actually, I just wanted to call in to say what a douche Mark is. <laughs> you fat bastard. What do you want? We'll just leave Dave on. You can just throw in comments as you want, Dave. You'd be like our co-host here. Mark, Mark is um, a douche, but he plays the role well. <laughs> no, no, he is a douche. You know why the voting went up at the end of last month? If you look, the time should coincide right about with at the end of the month when I decided to start posting about how people needed to go over to Podcast Alley. 
on the Facebook fan page, and immediately people went over and started voting. Oh, so, well, it's yeah. all I could see was a pattern, Johnson, and and um, you know, strange <laughs> patterns to me that I can't uh, that I can't apply elsewhere. It's crazy things. I don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> these Facebook users. The fan page doesn't work. It does nothing. Hey, you know, I got a computer virus uh, this this weekend, and. You know, I don't even know enough how to back up my computer properly, and so you know, these this lack of internet knowledge, this lack of computer knowledge, comes to back to bite me sometimes too. You know, don't we have an affiliate that advertises a backup service? I don't think we have a backup service if that's not, advertised. We should. I'll, I'll get yeah. on that. Let me Absolutely, we need that. I've tried. Yeah, very no, but the hard. problem, no, but Johnson, the problem is. Mark has an external hard drive, and he has backup software, but the issue. Oh, but whether you have a service on the internet or you have software or whatever, you still have to know how to use it. You still have to know what you want to back up. So the issue was the issue today was uh, that he was backing up his my documents folder on the computer. But what he didn't realize was that Outlook, uh, which is the program he's using for his calendar events to basically tell him who to call for sales and, and when and all that, uh, right. Outlook apparently saves its file in a hidden directory under Windows application. So Mark would have had no idea uh, to go and look for that as a as essentially not or intermediate to novice to intermediate computer user. Mark likes to call himself an intermediate. I don't know if that does. I think so. I mean, I could use. Uh, one of the things I do on the side is I do computer repair just to, to make extra money. And actually, while I don't want to give them a plug because, I, you know, for technically-minded people, I absolutely wouldn't recommend this piece of software. But for retards, <laughs> I, I recommend uh, Norton Internet Security precisely because it has an online backup uh, function that does backup um, Excel in Windows Mail databases without – the user having to know what's going on ah. or to think about it, including the My Documents folder. Um, it does that. It does, you know, Outlook, and I believe it does a couple other directories that are important that most people need backed up, but that they don't know that they need backed up. All right, Johnson. Wait, Johnson, trying, Dave's trying to get in a comment here. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I thought I was, I forgot that I was still on the line, and I, I hit a button, and I went off the chat room, and I went, how do I get back? I don't know. <laughs> but Ted said he was going to help me out. I see them in there. They're talking to you right now, Dave, in the uh, chat room at chat. Dave has a lot I of... Went off, I, I went off the bottom part of your web page here, where, where you could read the chat. Hmm. I went off it somehow. I don't know what you mean when you say you went off it, but I can tell you this. You can't go off the Internet. It's circular. You're, just, <laughs> you're still in there. And anytime you want, Dave, here's a here's a tip for you. You can always go to chat.freetalklive.com, and then you get a full oh, I screen. Back. I got back on. Yeah, you get a full screen chat if you go to chat.freetalklive.com. The one that you were talking about is the one that's on the page with the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. That has the cam and the chat together. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Johnson, anything else you want to share? Uh, no, that's pretty much All right, it. thanks for the call. Dave's still with us here. We're just going to hang him on the line here as our online co-host. We've got calls rolling in, uh, for, I guess, to talk to Dave or whatever. I don't know. The Internet is a giant sphere full of tubes, Dave. Hey, hey they keep wanting me to talk about some insurance here. And I want to say that the, <laughs> the insurance companies, they got in cahoots with the government, or the government got in cahoots with them because they could realize that they could rule us without the legislative the legislative process anymore because now they could just say you 
won't we give you the money for this insurance? Now we could tell you what to do because we're paying for your medical care. Dave, we're going to keep like, taking phone calls like here. Joining the mafia. It, they are the mafia. The uh, the U.S. government is the mafia, and their buddies in uh, the insurance business yeah. and the other businesses are just people that are... Five years. Five years and a quarter million dollars they want to do to us if we don't buy their product. Let's that, go to, that's absurd. Let's bring some more phone calls in here. that wrote that law <laughs> and... and, and well, that's not very nice. That's not very nice. Peaceful solutions, Dave. Peaceful. We need to stay peaceful and non nonviolent. Peaceful five years and a quarter million dollars. Fine, that's peaceful. They ain't being too peaceful to us. No, certainly not. I mean, they deserve worse, but uh, we don't want to lower ourselves to their level. Let's go and bring another caller on here on the amp line. You're on with Dave in the extended edition of Free Talk Live. It's Orion in New Hampshire. Hey. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Dave, are you listening? Yeah. Okay, this is really simple. In the box that you type the messages in, you put a forward slash, and then MSG, as in the stuff that they put in meat, space. This is mixer, awful, by the way. N-I-C-K-S-E-R-V, space, register, space, Come on, man. Choose the password. If you're way beyond space, what he could possibly be typing right now. Wait, 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 wait. He's wait, hunting wait. and pecking, dude. Yes, this he can't really even type fast. You're better off just sending yeah. him some private messages. Yeah, send maybe, him an email. Yeah, maybe get Dave's email address uh, from him and send him a step-by-step email. That I will... find that to be very useful. I don't, I don't think I have an email. My son has an email, but he'll get mad if I do this. Your son will be able to do this, For God's right? sakes, there should be Dave yeah, at Free Talk Live. He just got back in so he could type really good and and I make him be my Yeah, put put your son on the keyboard and then Orion go ahead and or Alex in New Hampshire uh go ahead and give his son the instructions and have him take care of it. Yes, uh Zed and I are taking care of it. Okay, but very I think good. that the chat room is the, the best asset that you have on the show, quite honestly. Yeah, the best asset? Yes, that you have on the show. It's, it's, it's your favorite feature. feature. It's, your... it's the feature as an amplifier that you enjoy the most? Oh no, I'm talking about LRN. I'm not talking about the amplifier room. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, th- does anyone go in the amp chat anymore? No, nobody oh. goes on it. Okay. Nobody talks ever. <laughs> Everybody's always in LRN. Huh. That's interesting. I figured one would be more popular than the other, but the amp chat's there for anyone that is cares. That, is that because all the, the, the hot girls are in the LRN uh, chat room? Hannah's in there right now. Is there really a girl Hannah's... in there? Yeah. Holy crap, she's going to throw off the... a girl on the internet, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Hannah's in there on a regular basis. She's uh, very musically talented and uh, very principled. Hey, uh, Orion, uh, Orion uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it, uh, dude. Dave is still with us here from Montana, just hanging on the line here because, well, he wanted to. So it's the extended... The insurance ed- company. Let's talk about Keep insurance. Keep going, Dave. Do it. What they're doing to us, man. Dave needs his own radio uh, show. <laughs> nah, I, I like calling you guys. Up. Then I wouldn't be able to call you guys. Up. But then we could do one of them uh, inter... Shows. Yeah, one of those. So, Dave, are you do you some are you somebody that tokes up every single day, all day long? No, not no. really. What's well, just like once but a day? If I had, if I, if I, yeah, that's uh, good. If I got it, you know, it's hard. It's far and few between. Now you get the medical stuff up there, right? In uh, in Montana. Yeah, I had my card for a year, but then so that pissed me off too because. We, I, w- I was one of the first ones to uh, get all the s- signatures like seven years ago, six years ago now. Mm. 
And I got 379 signatures. I must have asked a thousand people, and I knew every one of them smoked, and and nobody wanted to put their name on the paper because they were afraid of their government. Man, that was, uh. that was when I realized that people live in fear. Man, I said, "You got the First Amendment, man. You could put your name on this paper." He goes, "I just bought a house. I just I just got a car. I got the loan. This and that. My kid." I was like, no way, man. You could, we got the right to redress. But anyway. Bunch of chicken shits. We, yeah, so, so I thought that the medical marijuana would help things. But no, it becomes the monster that we're, we're trying to avoid, you know, the mm. big pharmaceutical companies. Now you've got to pay the government 50 bucks. Right. The first year, the, it was 75 for an ounce. Then within two weeks, it went up to 100. Then it uh, three months later it was 150. Then it went up to 200. Now it's up to like 280. You know, for an ounce? You could buy it off the street. Yeah, for an ounce, you could almost buy it off the street. Cheaper. Yeah. And, and and the whole medical. So this on this long journey of trying to legalize cannabis, the the highway of medical marijuana is just leading us deeper and deeper into control territory. And I think it's a trap. It's an interesting thing that you're talking about there, because it certainly is a distraction from the real issue, which is that people should be left right. alone to live their own lives but how they want. We'll feed you, clothe you, house you, make fuel for you. It, it's the spearhead of liberty. It, it, it makes people independent. It was for me, I have to say. It was the spearhead for me getting into this movement, uh, finding out about the truth about uh, about cannabis. And I agree with you that when you look at the, the people that are out there promoting medical marijuana, some of them are, I think, kind of disingenuous when they make the claim that, oh, this is all I care about. I just want to help patients. Well, the, the people that are opposing the medical marijuana, they know that the next step is going to be more legalization or more decriminalization of, uh, of marijuana. Why hide behind the medical thing? Why not just come right out and be in favor of true decriminalization of, uh, of marijuana? Or better yet, true decrim of, uh, of all drugs, all substances. It should all be legal. It should all be available. They've, yeah, because hey, it only creates, creates this really bad crime that goes on uh it corrupts whole police stations it corrupts government sure does it's whole, it's whole that's what prohibition country. does it it puts you know, uh, it makes people it puts people in danger for afghanis over there you know well they ain't too poor they're selling all that opium and everything but you know they got a dang war in their backyard over it you know, yep. and, and the oil and Absolutely right. And the folks down in South America have uh, the coca, coca fields, and they're being attacked yeah, they're, by they're the helicopters. Spraying, that, spraying paraquat and stuff, and it blow, the wind blows over on their vegetables, and yep. they've got to eat stuff. that you know. And then they wonder why they want to kill Americans, because they look up there, they see the American plane spraying the paraquat. You know? Exactly and right. It's, it's sick. Nuts. It's it's sick, it's maddening, and it's one of the many, many reasons why I will never pay federal taxes again. The hell with those people. I cannot possibly uh, voluntarily support crime like that. Thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate hearing from you, and have fun in that chat room there, all right? Thanks, dude. Good night. All right, 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. The chat has uh, blown up here in the last... 
20 minutes or so since we've been talking about it on the extended edition. Not a lot of times is there, mm, I don't know, what's that, 12 active people, maybe more than that, in the chat room this late after the show? There used to be a um, a cam option with the chat room. This, that's not a cam option. Oh, you mean as far as the chatters and yeah. having a cam? Yes. That was with Stickam, and we do not use Stickam anymore. I I'm so sorry. Aren't they, didn't they... Uh... Didn't they try to get us to come back or something? They did. They actually did because, well, I guess we were valuable to them, which I didn't really realize. It's just such a pain. Their their software is a big pain, and the the other servers that we are, the other service providers that we have, are not quite as much of a pain as Stickham. They still have their quirks and their problems. This new live stream that we have, ugh, <sighs> live stream. I've uh, tried to get the 50 user limit lifted from Livestream, and they have just rejected the application. And the reason they claim they're rejecting the application is because I don't have enough video on demand. Because with Livestream, they have this uh, option where user can go and look at pre-recorded shows. So if we were to record all of our shows, they would store them on their server. So we're actually recording this show for Livestream right now just so I can try to build up the library of video on demand. I figured, what's the point in recording radio shows? Some aspects will get stale over time. Luckily, Free Talk Live isn't a show that gets as stale as most talk radio shows, because we're not necessarily talking about the issues of the day, or rather the the news of the day. So I think I think it would be fine from a, from a programming perspective, but... I tried to explain that, or I would hope they would have figured out that this is a 24-7 streaming channel, so you don't need any other video. We've got something going all the time. It's not like we there are times when there's not something playing unless something's gone wrong, which is the problem with these video services that are streaming on the Internet. They're, for whatever reason, they just drop off. I, when I look at my software, it looks like it's still streaming, but the people in the chat room will say, hey, the video's not working. I had no indication. Until somebody tells me it's not working, I have no idea these uh, these video services are not working. If I were to go over and look right now, it's uh, Ustream says it's streaming, Livestream says it's streaming, and there's no way for me to tell differently until somebody says, hey, it's not working. They're just not reliable. We need to get our own video service. No, we don't. <laughs> no, you don't understand. No, I the don't. The AMP program would not be able to uh, to, to pay for the, the video streaming. Really? I don't think so. We'd, we'd have to take a serious chunk of change in order to be able to afford streaming our own video out. That's why these services are so uh, useful, because they essentially take all of the, the cost away from video streaming. Why? What is it that they get out of that? Uh, they place ads on the service. I haven't really noticed any. If you've got ad block, then you won't. But you don't have ad block, do you? I, I, I turn my ad block off because I like to see ads. Well, how often have you watched the video? Yeah, I don't watch yeah. the video that much but i have I, I used to watch it on stickam i remember that so yeah i don't know how uh how it works for them as far as how they cover all the costs because it must be incredible but who knows maybe you can tell us for uh, 603-435-1105 603-435-1105 but i think we've got it covered now at least because we've got two different uh, video services so there's a live stream one which is what you see when you go to cam.freetalklive.com and then if you read the instructions there the little frequently asked questions that we have there's a link to the uStream one so if one's not working there's a good chance the other one is so i think we've kind of covered our bases with that but as far as having the users having cameras just not an option right now Sorry. Let's go to the caller line. You are on the air, or online, rather, at uh, Free Talk Live Extended Edition. Hello there. Hey, guys. Thanks for staying on tonight. It's Rich in Connecticut. Hey, Rich. What's on your mind? 
Um, two things, marijuana and technology. Um, Meaning you're actually have, you actually have marijuana on your brain right now, and you want to talk about technology, or you want to talk about both of those things? I want to talk about both okay, of those things. Okay, go <laughs> um, I mentioned on November 26th I had to look up the podcast, which, by the way, if you go into your old podcast, the links are kind of broken. It goes to a ASCII text format. Hmm. Where is this? Check it out. Check it out. You'll see it. What? What? When you say uh, old podcast, what are you talking about? On the front page, if you go to the old shows, old as in November twenty sixth, two thousand nine, it goes to an ASCII text format instead of showing me the old show. On the front page of freetalklive dot com. On the front page of freetalklive dot com, you, if we go back into older shows, you November can't 26th, access November twenty sixth from the front page of freetalklive dot com. Um, you can get it on older podcast where it shows the months on the left bottom left. Uh, you, oh, you're talking about the the uh, the torrent? No, I don't think it will be the torrent. Okay, the way the free uh, the uh, we're not talking about the same thing here because the freetalklive.com website has six of the last shows individually downloadable. And right, and right below that is, are the months 2009. Those are torrents. November, October. Yeah, those are torrent okay. files, dude. My bad, my bad. Now I've learned. Okay, so get yourself a torrent I, I, I client. Yep. I, 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 I don't know my, my, my most recent uh, Windows 7 build, so my bad. Okay, there you go. Um, so I want to hear... Technology, uh, pot. <laughs> I was a caregiver in California. I had a little card. I went and bought high-quality marijuana. And it, Ian, as, as a marijuana connoisseur, doesn't sound like... if you even experienced that... Uh, that safe system of buying, even going to Canada or your other uh, No, I've been to California, and I have a friend who is a uh, patient. Mark, you've actually, you were there with me at that time. and uh, my, I have no knowledge of this. You were in the room. Uh, my, my I have no idea what you're talking about. We did not go into one of the cannabis clubs. We wouldn't have been allowed, because it's my understanding you have to show your card in order to get into those places. So um, how would I have experienced that? I was just curious, or even your visits to Canada, if you had seen a legal buying atmosphere. Mm, uh, was it legal? And when I was in Canada, when I was in Toronto, we went to this cool little uh, shop, and damn it, I don't remember their name right now. It was good. It was a neat little place. They ended up getting raided. So was it a legal sale that was going on there? Apparently not. Probably not. It was being tolerated for a while. Uh, Kindred Cafe, that's what it was, the Kindred Cafe in Toronto. And there are a number of these little places, these cool little hangout coffee shop places. That's what it was primarily, supposedly, was a coffee shop with some you know, sandwiches and stuff like that. There was the first floor. You go in, and if you knew what to order, you could get a special milkshake, which was manufactured with... Uh, cannabis blended into it somehow, and it was absolutely delicious. You really you could you could taste the tinge of the marijuana, um, and it was very effective. <laughs> you you paid like thirteen dollars for this milkshake. It was That's the most a kick ass milkshake. Yeah, it was a kick ass milkshake. You I I would not have been wanting to drive after that. And I have some I'm someone who's driven a number of you times. You smoked copious amounts of marijuana. I did not smoke. Uh, and you I don't think smoked. I smoked any marijuana. In fact, no, you can't smoke marijuana unless you're on the 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 upper deck. There's a couple of floors, so you go in. 
you can you can order the milkshakes if you want, or you can just rent a room. So you you can buy a membership as well, as I understand. I don't know what all the rules were, and again, they got raided. But you'd go up, you'd rent a room, and in that room, you'd have access to movies and a video game system, and they had a, a volcano, which is a very expensive brand of vaporizer that they'd have a volcano in every room. And so basically what you'd do is you'd get the attachments for the volcano. They'd, they'd give that to you with your room rental. You'd go up there, and it's kind of – I think that was a bring-your-own-bud kind of situation uh, in, that, in that case, is, if I recall correctly. And so you could, you could use the vaporizer in the rooms. It was basically a house. Uh, so you'd have two floors full of bedrooms and uh, just basically hangout rooms where people can just go up and, and socialize and, and hang out. And then up on the very top floor outdoors on the, the roof, they had some chairs and stuff like that for people that uh, would prefer to smoke. So smoking was actually not allowed indoors in this particular building. I don't know if I even answered your question. It still sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was not uh, legal. I guess your question was, could, did I experience a legal buying atmosphere? No, it was not legal, but it sure was tolerated, and it was pretty damn cool. Well, to give you some feedback counter to that, in California, it's so cool and so regular now. You know, everyone has a relative who's sick. I mean, if you have a you know, substantial, substantially sized family, and having to uh, cope marijuana for my dying aunt of multiple sclerosis and cancer... I felt so much better not buying on a street corner, but going to a reputable place and buying reasonably priced marijuana mm-hmm. to help her uh, as she checked out of uh, this life. And wanted to share that with you. Good for you, man. I think that's awesome. So your your dying aunt, how did she consume her marijuana? Did she smoke it? Oh, uh, she smoked it while she was well, but as she got sicker, she we talked about all this stuff, and we would cook it in brownies or cookies or. You know, you make butter, and with butter, you can make any number of things. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, can of butter. The instructions for sure. which are available plentifully online, uh, specifically at, I believe, arrowhead.org has some can of butter, uh, some recipes for that. So, anything else you want to share? It became... No, that's about it, guys. Thanks for staying on late tonight. Hey, thank you, dude. Appreciate the call. 603-435-1105. That's 603 603-435- Eleven oh five. The Kinder Cafe was a really cool place, and I believe they still have some similar places like that in Toronto that, for whatever reason, haven't been raided. So uh, it's a neat, neat little business model. Hope to see some of those opening up here in the United States at some point. There is, there was that one cafe out in Portland that we talked about recently. I don't know what uh, exactly their setup is, but very cool. Yeah, the DEA is going to raid them. Haven't heard about that happening yet. Not yet. No. So uh, we'll let you know if we hear anything. Of course, it's probably more likely that you'll let us know when you hear something, and then we'll let you. Yeah, that's kind of how Free Talk Live works. People, sometimes uh, they're just just shocked. Uh, You you guys, you need to research these things more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Settle down here for a second. This is just a show of two guys who talk. I mean, the only reason we're able to do the show is because you, Ian, do the uh, the affiliate relations and whatever engineering you've got to do during the day, yeah. and I do the sales of the show during the day. If the show was on at the same time Sean Hannity was, I don't think I could do my job because I wouldn't be able to make the telephone calls. Yeah, I don't we see don't, this ever being anything but a night show. <laughs> we don't make the kind of money um, that would allow us to hire people to do the jobs that it is what we do currently. We will at some point because we keep on growing. I I suspect next year or the year after that we'll be able to bring start bringing people on. Uh, salespeople will be easier to bring on because they're commission based. But um, 
you know, you got to have a place for them and, and systems for training them and all that kind of thing. And I'm just now getting the kind of time to be able to do that, uh, depending on whether the Free State Project's going to get off its butt and let me uh, fix their problem. Did and, you see the video with Varen in it on the Ridley Report? Yeah, yeah. That was great, wasn't it? it it's good. I, I'm, I'm Ridley gonna... held his feet to the fire more than he holds politicians' feet to the fire. Ridley is... He kind of backs down a little bit sometimes, and he's very, very respectful towards the politicians. And he was respectful toward Varen, but he really asked some tough questions about your plan, uh, you and Jason Osborne's plan to do a call-out program, basically, to recruit mm-hmm. people uh, to the Free State Project, which I think is a great idea. It seems like a no-brainer to me, but the folks that are on the board at the Free State Project are not professional salespeople, and they don't understand. Well, everybody's got another great idea as to how I should do my calling program. And that's not what the Free State Project's about. The Free State Project is about get out and do your own damn idea, and it's not their idea. So I'm not, you know, they they want to tell me how to do something. I'm not interested in your plan. I'm interested in my plan. You want to do your plan? Great. Here, I'll even donate. But uh, you know, don't please don't tell me how to do my plan because I don't think that their plan makes much sense. And so what's going I, on as a professional that? salesperson, eh, I'm going to dragging their feet. Uh, it, well, they have one meeting a month. Um, Typical board thing. So in order to to get in front of them, moving at warp speed, I'll be in the air during the uh, the next time they're having their meeting. So Uh of course it's going to take another month to to get anything to happen. It's just you know, one slow thing after another. I'm tempted to just say screw it, we're going to go around and figure out uh, you know how to go around these people, but just to do it anyway, right? There's one difficult. I said I'll put up some money for that. I'll I'll pony up a little. The difficult portion is is that I want people to be able to sign up over the telephone. Yeah, Do you understand? And the they uh, really only have systems, two ways for people to sign up. You can sign up online by you know going through the little process and then email verifying. Right. Although I'd like to point out that they had a great deal of people sign up previously. I think I I don't know for sure, but I think I signed up without email verification. So I really it makes me feel bad that I might be an illegitimate signer of the Free State Project, having moved my 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 wife, my life, and and everything, have been living here for for three years. But somehow I'm not a legitimate uh, Free State Project signer because I didn't email verify these stupid fucking morons. Hey, be nice. That's not nice. They, well, they, please. That's not nice. They're very intelligent people. It's just that they don't know about uh, sales. That's all. They don't they see the value. They want to make it as difficult as possible. How how is it work? How is it going, Ian? How is getting to 20,000 encouraging people to sign up and getting to 20,000 going? Like shit. Yes. It's it's like it's very absolute slow. shit. Very slow. And, and I you know, I I just I'm I'm completely at the end of my level of frustration with these people and they're they're dragging their feet and thinking that they're going to well, we've got to get uh, we've got to get people that are committed to move to the Free State Project. That's not what this calling program's about. This calling program is about getting people who agree to the uh, statement of intent. It's I'm not looking for the the very best people across the United States. We could do that in a call out program. However, that's going to cost significantly more money than I'm than you're it's than you're very, able to put towards it, or that I'm willing to put towards it's, it. It's a little disingenuous on their part, and they being the board. I'd like to point something out here. I fully support the aims and the mission of the Free State Project, and that is the idea of bringing people together who love liberty yes. in the same place, fully support it. I don't support the bureaucratic way that the board operates. I think that, uh, and I am, I'm on a board myself. I know how bureaucratic it is. I know how it is to be on a board. It's just, it's a group of people that has no real great incentive to do anything quickly or, or uh, very effectively. 
So and uh, the other thing that boards do is suck the life out of people with good ideas. Good idea. yeah. Now I, I just I've been trying to get this done now for a year and a half. How do you think that feels? Like I don't you know. You could have about, had it done if you, if you absolutely we would have been at twenty thousand right now uh, if if it would have been approved. But uh, you know the. How do you think it feels for somebody with a good idea to be told no, 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 no? Well, they don't even tell you no. They just don't say anything. Strings. We need to have long. another meeting. It's just, just I don't even get that much. Modify the proposal. Come back. Talk about it again. Modify the proposal. So again, by the back, time we're again. finally to a point where we've made an agreement, am I really going to feel like doing this great idea I've had? I mean, the Free State Project really essentially tried my idea by getting hiring some interns over the summer. And that didn't really go anywhere. It well, just, how could it? You hire some interns to do what? Yeah, you guys raise okay, some money, kids. and maybe you can find some people that will sign up, and we'll give you some of the money you raise, and good luck. Doesn't sound like a right. You concrete can't, <laughs> you can't, uh, you, you can't administrate them in that fashion. And that's why you, uh, you know, people like Jason Osborne and myself are extraordinarily valuable, and they just don't see that. Well, you're not doing it right. My God, some people are going to talk about fraud. Well, they're talking about fraud already. I mean, I just... No, yes, talk- I'd like to point... That's what I, the, the, one of the other things I wanted to touch on was the 10,000, the, the number they're almost to, 98, whatever it is. Most of them aren't, aren't real. I mean, they're not real anymore. Well, they're, they're not, real in the sense that they signed up. They signed up, but they're not there anymore. So, what good do you have? I mean, what good is it to say that you have all these people and you're not? You, the, the, one of the things they were concerned about, one of the objections, as I understood it, to your plan was that, well, I mean, if this works, we'll get to twenty thousand so quickly, people will suspect something, right? Like they'll they'll, they'll suspect that there might be liberty going on. Well, no, no, no. The, the, <laughs> that, they, that we got a plan that works. They're worried that uh, that people who are, I guess, the fence-sitting type or the, the, the critics out there. But of the there are critics, project. and they are, the critics are already saying. The guy, the head guy from the RLC, I think it's Dave, Dave Nall, just got an email um, in the, the, the group chat thing that said that the Free State Project is dead. It's a failure. And, you know, uh, from the standpoint of the, the counter number, he's right. The counter number is an absolute failure. What you have is the Free State Project, which is a success. We can show success after success after success. Of people moving yep. and getting active and, and then, more freedom. And then you have this, this albatross. Imagine for a second this, this beautiful godlike man, a creature, you know, standing up on a podium with all his uh, beauty and glory, with a dead bird hanging around his neck. That's what this stinking 20,000 number is like. Yeah. These numbers are not real. If somebody signed up in 2001 and you can't send them a letter, they're, they're not, not a real anymore. signer. How are they going to know that it ever gets to 20,000? Right. I if mean, they signed up with the expectation that that, um, that their, their sign-up wouldn't count after September the 6th or September of 2006, then they're not a real signer. It's fraudulent. So You're identifying some of the, uh, the things some that of the, Some the of the issues to some of the signers that exist. They also if we finally to- get to 20,000 in 2020, which, by the way, is optimistic compared to how the numbers are are racking up right now, if we get there in 2020, do you really think the people that signed up 19 years before that will be (laughs) obligated? I mean, that'll give them a total of 24 years from the time they signed up. Half of them will be dead. dead. I mean, this is stupid. I'm sorry. It's just stupid. Yeah. I 
I completely agree with you. One of the other points you might want to make is that I'm sure you've made these points and the board. Oh, we'll talk about it next meeting. Uh, but one of the uh, and by the way, I like the people on the board individually. They're oh, great. Oh yes, Bo- Bo- Boards uh, just by their nature are bureaucratic. Right, right. I, mean, I admit to it. I mean that's what the way it is with the board that I'm on. It's just the way they are. Um, but one of the things that, as I recall, when the vote happened back in 2003, in order to get to the vote, they had to have five, it was five, the first 5,000. So once they hit 5,000 members, they had the vote. And in the vote, there were about 2,500 people that participated. So 50% of the people that were signed up didn't even bother to participate in the vote for whatever reason. Maybe they never got the ballot or they didn't care. I don't know. We don't know why that was. It was my understanding, Mark, and maybe um, you've heard the same thing, that the people that didn't vote were supposed to be wiped off the, the rolls. I don't know about that. Isn't that the case? I don't know the answer. I, can't, I, I, can't, I cannot speak to that. That would be uh, disingenuous well, there, of no, me to say Excuse me. So. Maybe it weren't the people that voted but, or that, that didn't vote, but maybe it was the folks that had opted. <sighs> there was some group of people that expected to basically be uh, wiped off the rolls after the vote, and they never were wiped off the rolls. There was some sort of parameter I thought that there. was in 2006 when they were supposed to wipe them at 2006. There was that, too, yeah. There was I that don't, as well. I don't know. And it's been a big debacle, the right. whole thing. The, the, the point is is that uh, Jason Sorens, the, the founder of the Free State Project, said that 2,000 uh, would be sufficient. And I absolutely believe that when that mover counter gets to 2,000, and I think that mover counter is a problem, too, um, I, you know, when that gets to 2,000, that there will be there, there's already success. See, that's the thing is you uh, if if you, you if you get your average libertarian out there, your your guy who's uh, you know is moderately involved in in sort of liberty politics in his uh, local state, and he starts take a look takes a look at the Free State Project. Is all he's going to see is these counters up in the upper right hand corner, you know, slowly ticking by. He sees oh, 700 people. Big whoop, you know, and that just doesn't look like anything to him. Now, what he needs to do is he needs to, if he does a certain amount of research, he'll figure out, wow, there's a lot going on in New Hampshire. Yeah. But those are the things we need to talk about. So you don't show them your worst uh, attribute. I mean, really? Yeah, the first thing you're going to do is, uh, you know, when you go up to a beautiful woman that you want to date, is show her your the the cavity in your molar. No, <laughs> this is stupid. This is a dumb way to run things, and it's unfortunate that the 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 the, the, the board nice. doesn't have any marketing savvy, and no. they don't. They're good folks that are trying are. to do the right they thing. They absolutely are. Even the people on the board know that the board is bureaucratic. The organizers uh, um, that from which they draw the people on the board know that the board is bureaucratic. And they still can't do anything about it. Yeah. No, no, Mark. Your, your plan needs to be modified a little bit. They right. know they're bureaucratic, and then they want to modify things. Then they want to be more bureaucratic. They can't just say, yes, go fix this problem. Let's go to your calls amp line 603, by the way, the number 603-435-1105. You're on the air on the extended Internet edition of Free Talk Live. Hello. I'm a part of the um, Free State Project organizer list, and um, I'm kind of upset by – well, not upset, but I'm disappointed by some of the things Mark has just said, and you also, Ian. What? What What is it you don't like? Mark was a little angry, and I think I calmed him down a little bit. Well, I think he cussed me out. Just a second ago, for one thing. What did what, he say? What do you want to modify my plan, Keith? You got a better system? Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's some very big flaws in your plan. I mean, like what? We have to we have to protect the integrity of the numbers as best <laughs> we can. Keith, you're in the ne- the integrity of your numbers already sucks. 
You understand that, right? There is right? no integrity no, to the I, number. I disagree. I think there's great integrity in my numbers. What numbers are you I, talking I really, about? I really don't think you have the full picture when you talk about, like, past history of the Free State Project. You haven't been involved with it that long. You don't really know what you're talking about. What you're numbers kind of like are you talking about? I've been a member since 2003. What numbers, right, Keith? so you're a new member. I understand. Keith, what numbers are you talking about? Are you talking about the numbers on the front of the Free State Project website, the 9,800-plus members? Those numbers are real. I'm sorry, there was no there was no real plan to close it down in 2006. Those numbers may be real, but those many of those people are no longer around anymore. They're they're not paying attention. They changed their address. They moved. They're unreachable. They are completely right. out of touch. I got as many discon- I made the telephone calls to complete the first 1000 and I got as many disconnected telephone numbers as I got people on the phone. Sure, I've contacted people. I understand that some of the emails, the telephone numbers, the addresses aren't exactly accurate. However, that doesn't matter. The people are still there. and, and yes, They are not say, there if they, they are not, not reachable. They, How many of those people, Keith, are coming to the Free State Project website on a regular basis? Or an irregular basis. How you would know that. You don't know that. But I can tell you, Keith, that when I was down in Florida doing the local group thing, because if you're a free stater, if you're a free state project participant and you want to start a local group where you are, they will send you the database for whoever it is that's living in your county or the nearby county. So I got the database. This was back, what, 2004 or something like that when I started the local group down there? Uh, I got the database for Sarasota, Manatee, uh, uh, whatever the hell the other counties are around there. I got the databases for several counties in my area because I wanted to start this local group up. So I had all of the names and numbers and all the information and address info on the people on those lists, and I called every single one of those people. And most of them I never got in touch with. The ones that I did get in touch with, a number of them didn't even remember signing up for the Free State Project. The what? Right. I mean, it was it was an absolute mess. The the information is just inaccurate, and many of those folks don't even remember doing what they allegedly did. So the information so, is still accurate, whether they don't remember it. However, the thing is, are they, they going to move? It, but at one time they thought it was a good idea. At one time they did sign up. Yes. So when it's going to when it's going to be spread around the world when we hit twenty thousand, when the New York Times is going to cover it and it's going to be on. Fox News and all that, when it's spread around the world again, <laughs> they'll remember that idea, they'll like it again, most likely. That's assuming they're still they'll alive. You mean in 2025 when we finally get there at the rate we're going? Yeah, we could go faster, and your plan is a really good idea to help it move faster, but we just have to keep the integrity of the numbers. Right now, there's people that are concerned. No, who's going to do that, Keith? Mark is not. Phone. Who's going to do that, Keith? I'm not making that offer. I'm not making the offer, I will do this the way you want me to do this. Wait, but Mark, you're not even proposing eliminating the old 10,000 names. Let's I'm not, keep... no. So nobody's threatening the so-called integrity of the numbers. We're just outing them as not being uh, right. integrous. Hey, well, the, the, the people are claiming... Well, no, I want the Mark's numbers. I want them to be accurate. I don't want Mark's numbers. They're going to be more accurate Keith, than anything. Listen to me, man. How much less accurate is somebody who says yes on the telephone to somebody who clicked yes... Nine years ago on the Internet. I'll agree with you that somebody who finds the Free State Project, 
ferrets us out and finds us on the uh, the internet and then goes through the process of signing up there uh, themselves without any help is a better prospect today than um, you know the guy that I call on the telephone and I get to say yes that he'll move. However, that same person nine years ago is not having done it nine years ago is not as good of a prospect. So these uh, these people that are called on the telephone have just as much claim as being a good signer as the ones who uh, signed up on the internet. I, I agree. You're right. The thing is, there are some questions, and the the organizers have asked you to clarify some things. And I don't believe you've done that. So once you look, I am not going to. No, 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 no. I don't. I I am not going to enter the fray at the level of the organizers. The organizers don't vote on things. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get in there and, uh, you know, hash it out with a few people who who just (laughs) who really just dislike me for me and who want to see the Free State Project fail. You're a great guy, Mark. Don't Thank you. I know that's not you. you. When you say the organizers, you're talking about a list that doesn't involve the board of directors. That's you're correct. There's, just, there's, okay. a, there's no, the... Actually, that's not accurate. The, the board of directors is on the organizer list, and the organizer yes. list is just slightly larger than the board of directors, and the organizer list is made up of people who will soon be board of directors or previous board of directors, stuff like that. So it's basically the same people. No, it's not. Um, it's it's a larger group of people who sit below the board, and I mean, I I, I get what you're saying that the board is a is is an in, integrated part, but it's they they don't hold the vote. The only ones I care well, about talking to are the ones that vote. It's the same people. We're gonna if you say something to the board, there's a chance the organizers will see that it's it's the same people except for it's just slightly larger right i'm not i haven't no no i'm not claiming to have written anything i am not going to to descend into an email battle that's not what my goal is keith my goal isn't to try to do you how much has ever been solved on an internet forum because that's what this is this is an internet forum happens on your internet forum um the bbs the free talk live bbs Many great things happen. A uh, lot of stuff is solved. Right, solved. Yeah, <laughs> dancing with trolls. Um, but no, drunk. that's all that's gonna Keith. That's all that's gonna happen if I jump in and say something. Is all I'm gonna do is be smeared one way, smeared the other. Then people are gonna say you should do this, you should do that. Fraud, I'm, Mark. No, fraud. Not interested in doing anyone else's ideas. Mark, no one is trying to smear you. You're the one who's saying false accusations about how the numbers aren't. I've already been smeared by Jean Alexander, Keith. Keith, Keith, I was smeared by Jean Alexander. She intimated that I faked the first 1,000 numbers. Is that not accurate? No! No, it's not! My God, what did you just say? What did you just say, Keith? You think I went in there and lied? No, I think that you told the truth, just like you said. And by the way, Ian, I've not had a single thing to drink tonight. So no. that was inaccurate. Dear God, Keith, you think I lied. I, no, I mean, you. I, I believe you. No, you did, though. And up to five seconds ago, you believed that I lied on that first 1,000 uh, project. I never said that. I, you're you just now, asked me. Like. <laughs> I was trying to get you to clarify. I'm done. <laughs> Now look what you've done, Keith. You made Mark cry. I'm not. I just. I. I you, this is why I don't want to be involved. This is. This is what sucks the juice out of this. Out of this for me. I just want the Free State Project to get to twenty thousand and get to get about the real business of liberty, which is moving people to New Hampshire. And I swear to God that the Free State Project would be better off without the Free State Project's board. I would agree with you on that one. And thank and you, I Keith, think for that, the call. I, I really, Keith. Uh, He's gone.
I'm I'm just so close to saying, you know, New Hampshire and Liberty don't need the Free State Projects board. I just I'm really close to that. Weren't you going to get on the board or something like that? I, 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 I well they they can't have me because I haven't been an organizer for long enough. <laughs> My God! You mean on the email list? I, right. I haven't been called an organizer. That's crazy. Yes. You know, back in the back in the day, there used to be elections for the Free State Project Board. No more. The board just arbitrarily decided to end elections, and now there's no uh, input by the Free State Project participants into who can be on the board. So it's just like by the board for the board, that kind of thing. I mean, even with Cheshire TV, where I am on the board. The members can't actually nominate people for the board positions. Well, they, the they were afraid to. that white supremacists would take over. Is that right? That was the that was the reason. <laughs> That's interesting. Hmm. I don't know, man. I've, I've got nothing. I've got nothing left nice to say. Sorry, I just don't. All right. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. I think I'm done. I think yeah, I would like to I'm go. pretty hungry. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We'll give you one more moment if you want to get a quick call in here, but. Uh, you know, these folks that are in the chat room, uh, Keith is in there talking trash right now. I haven't heard a better idea to get anything, to get the Free State Project to 20000 I, I have not heard a better idea. Jason Osborne has the phone equipment. Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, he has a professional phone setup that makes it possible to do outgoing calls to so many numbers simultaneously it routes it through when somebody picks up the phone to an operator this alone would be so costly to utilize in uh, in any kind of a call campaign and jason osborne is willing to essentially donate this those services to this project the the entire project is a brilliant idea to bring as many uh, people on board with the free state project as possible by using personal contact by somebody over the phone to introduce people to the idea if they've never heard of it or if they have heard of it to remind them about it and to ask for the sale it's about and then record it so that it can be proven later right to, to it, right because one of the objections from some of the uh, bureaucrats on the board is well fraud it could be fraudulent well no not if you record the phone call and you can actually go and play it back well, to they, see that they the would person... consider it fraudulent because it's uh, because they haven't uh, you know, what's the commitment level of these people? They haven't gone to the Internet and clicked anything, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, one more call. Calling back? One more call. I don't know who it is. You're on the air. Oh, this is Osborne. I figured I'd Thank jump in the... Oh, God, God. we should really go before before, G, before Jason says anything, we really should get off the air. No, I want to hear this. <laughs> Jason, don't... don't, don't Jason, wait. Be, Jason, before you, go any, be, before you go any farther, I have a meeting with Varen... Tomorrow, okay. Great guy, I love Varen Swearingen. Yes, please don't do anything that would, uh, you know, to sink that. Okay, I know that you're frustrated. Just put Keith in his place. Uh, totally Just... fine. I washed my hands with those people a long time ago, so that's good. Uh, Mark, you you deal with them. I, I, you know, and I'll help you out when whenever you get it taken care of. But, so what's uh, up, dude? So the, I think the. Uh, the thing that people are missing is uh, that when someone clicks on that I joined the Free State Project thing, there's no interaction with them. Uh, they haven't necessarily talked to any Free State people. Uh, no Free State people are going to reach out to them to communicate with them. Uh, and what we're talking about doing with this calling program is not just randomly calling people around the world and saying, hey, will you say yes right now? Uh, just say yes so I can mark your name down. 
Like we're actually talking to these people and putting them in touch with people who are like them and share their interests, and uh, you know, helping them solve the issues that are preventing them from making such a commitment. I, I and, love uh, it. You know, there's nothing like that being done, and so to uh, to say that what we we would be doing would be in some way fraudulent, I think is just just laughable. You know, I I think that what what bothers them is there wasn't as much work. Um, it didn't. It wasn't as hard for people to. It wouldn't be as hard for people to to sign up on the phone as it would be for. It was it was for them. It's almost uh, this this uh, sort of. Uh, uh, you know Stockholm syndrome. This they want people to be to have as much difficulty finding the Free State Project as they did. And I agree that some people will probably look at it's not really Stockholm syndrome. But yeah, go ahead. I, I couldn't, couldn't it's find right mentality. That that one. Yeah, right. God help us if the Free State Project started with a fax machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we'd really be in trouble if they they start with a telegraph. You have to fax in your membership application. So if you don't have a fax machine, well, they're uh, not even know. very good at taking written handwritten ones. They can like essentially because. They started out taking it on the internet. It must be done on the internet. Is really the thought process, and it, it's 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 really it's sad, and it's what's hobbling the Free State Project. Yeah. I agree that it will look bad to some people on the outside if the Free State Project goes from ten thousand this month to twenty thousand a Who year from now. Who gives a fuck? But that's the thing: is those people already believe that the Free State Project's a failure. Absolutely. So. And and they've if, been critic. If they've they been criticizing that, all along. If those if the people who signed up at ten thousand don't feel that there's legitimacy in in the signups, then they don't have to move. It's not like they were going to move anyway. Yeah. I mean, the ones that that for whatever reason don't believe it's going to happen. I, I, you know, what are we going to do to convince them? The only thing that we can do is what we have been doing, which is having success here in New Hampshire. I just don't feel that um that that that. The people that the people that are paying attention or to what's going on are going to be fooled into thinking that these are uh, you know somehow fraudulent numbers. I, I I'm I, I'm talking about a completely open system where they can ask all the questions they want. I will give every bit of information that that anybody wants. But yes, I want people to be able to sign up over the telephone. If if it ends up that we can't do it that way, I may run it without the board. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be angry that these people weren't willing to, uh, you know, take a good idea. Osborne. All right. Well, I, um, yeah, I, I would be inclined to uh, run the program without the board as well. But here's my problem with that. I'm, yeah, obviously, Mark and I have talked about this before, but just to let other people know why we don't just do it anyway instead of like waiting for. Uh, I, I think it's been more like two years uh, since we originally wanted to do this, right? But the reason we don't want to do it without the board's approval is we don't want to be contacting people because it costs money to, to do this, right? So we're going to also have to raise money. I don't want to be taking money from people and then having them go to the Free State Project website or talk to someone and say, oh, those people aren't associated with us. Yeah, but that's going to make us look I mean, like the, I mean, scam artists. In the worst case, that could get us into a shitload of trouble, right? Mm, yeah, I see that. And plus uh... – 
what if the Free State Project were to invalidate some of the signups as a result of that, to somehow figure it out? Right. You know? Some kind of civil war goes on. Well, they're not signing up the right way. This is just this is not good enough. <laughs> These people were telephone called before they went in and signed, clicked on the Internet, and that's just not good enough. They could be Somebody could be telling them anything to get them to sign up. And, oh, God, the, the, the complaints go on and on. There's, b- believe me, people, if you want to argue for your own failure, you will get it. The, the solution might be to um, create a separate Free State Project, call it Free State Project 2. And then uh, when, we, when we get our 20,000 signers in four months, uh, <laughs> then, you know. Freekeen.com. We'll just take their place. <laughs> That's an interesting idea. I don't think that everybody's going to be excited about the idea of, of, you know, what's going on in Keen necessarily. No, I see uh, that. You know, so, I mean, there would, it would seem to me that there should be a larger project. I love the idea. Of How what, about we take Mark Stevens' No State Project all the way to the wall? I don't know. It's, it's a different idea. Jason, that was a question for you. You know, I, I'm not really that familiar with Mark Stevens other than what you've talked about on your show. Oh, that's all. I mean, it's, it's just the name of his show. He has a, uh, a show on the Liberty Radio Network called The No State Project, and he, it's, it's obviously a play off of the Free State Project because it's kind of silly to believe that you could have a free state and that it's kind of a contradiction of terms. Yes, well, like the entire statement of intent, right, that the maximal role of government is to uh, protect life, liberty, and property because the very existence of government uh, denies the protection of life, liberty, and property. Right? Certainly, the uh, the coercive government that uh, that we all know. I know Mark thinks he can have a uh, non-coercive government, in which case, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, Mark is just a fascist, though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe coming up with a different name besides Free State Project would be a good way to do things. But I don't want to go through that. You're, I think that the uh, the board needs to come but- to their senses. And uh, and approve this uh, this program. But the, the, the thing is, is it doesn't matter. This is what Lauren Canario said, and it's absolutely true. Is that the twenty thousand number is a mannequin in the window? Um, it doesn't matter. No, what just, matters is people moving. Right. What matters is people that pick up and move their lives, and that's what matters. And people are doing that. That's what I'm saying all along. The Free State Project is already a success. Yeah. The failure that the Free State Project has is this number, and they need to do something about the number. And I'm proposing a way to to get to that number that's as legitimate as people signing up on the Internet and if so, not we, more so. so we can be done with it. People can begin uh, moving. Because do you think that just because somebody signed up on the Internet that they're somehow going to move, that that's just going to cause them to move? Some people surely will take their, uh, their, their sign up seriously, but others don't even know. So you have to be able to get in contact. This this would uh, this program that I'm proposing would also include contacting old members, encouraging people to sign up to come or to to come to the pork fest, to coming mm. to the Liberty Forum, all these things. But I haven't been able to tell the board this because I haven't been able to get an audience with them for almost two years. It's crazy. I mean, that it, it, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to move forward. Wow, Osborne, uh, final thoughts on this? Uh, I'm good. All right, man. Thank you so much for everything you do. All right, cheers. Good night, man. Jason Osborne from Sickle CAI. Also, Is Keith Manchester still Brewing. upset in the chat room? Manchesterbrewing.com. Keith, oh, who cares? No, Let's... I want to know because I want him to call back if he's upset. You can... Why don't you just go meet up with him or something like that? He'll be fine. He'll drink his sorrows away. <laughs> should have seen him last night at uh, Social Sundays. He's br- he brings out this whole this huge bottle of vodka with him, and he just has a good old time. Yeah. All yeah. right, there's another call here. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. 
Hello? You are on the air. How are you guys doing? Mark's a little upset. I'm uh, trying to keep my cool here and uh, be the mediator. But yeah, I can understand why he's upset, because really, frankly, it's uh, boards are shitty, and that's just how it is. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree. I, I was listening. There was a bit of a delay there. Who is this? So, um, uh, this is Corey from Ohio. Corey. Um, yeah, I, um, I, first time I called into your show, and I've just was, been listening since I thought the beginning tonight. Kept listening. I just want to say that I think this is absolutely ludicrous. Why? And and I know that you know I can say swearing now, but why in the hell are we even arguing about this? Well, it's the extended you know, we, edition we, of the we, show, so what the fuck else we're going to talk about? No, no, I, that's fine. I understand that discussing and stuff, but why are we even? I mean, this is menial shit, dude. I mean, we're we're living in a society where, you know, you can't do anything. You know, it, or we're not free. You can't even put anything in your body that you want to put in your body. The economy shit. You can't get a job. You know, nothing. It, it's it's horrible. And you know, we're talking about the Free State Project. I love the idea. I've promoted it many times myself. Not my thing personally, but I have. You know, I have told other people about it myself. The issue I think I'm having here is. Um, if there's such a problem, why, like you guys were just discussing, why don't you just start a new project or just ignore what they're doing and promote it yourself in your own special way? That looks uh, like what's what it's going to come to. Well, I mean. the, the the issue is is that, um, just as Osborne said, is that we don't want to uh, look like we're scamming people out of money. I mean, imagine if I'm calling up and, and asking libertarians around the nation to uh, you know, sign up for the Free State Project and... If since you're so excited now that I've gotten you to sign up, would you like to sponsor a new member for thirty-five dollars, and you can, or you can sponsor three new members for a hundred, and so I'm taking in money, uh, using that money to then get more because it costs money to to get people to sign up. You got to pay people to make these telephone calls and stuff, and you know that so at the, at the end of the, this isn't going to be a cheap operation. It's not going to be a small operation. Um, Ten thousand people at thirty five dollars a piece is thirty five hundred dollars, right? Or excuse me, Whoa, excuse, I'm sorry, I made, I made the uh, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that 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 look that could look like to somebody who wants to smear this whole thing that I'm a scam artist and I am not interested in having done all of this work. For, to, to to advance liberty in New Hampshire in order to get called a thief and a liar. I've done that once with the uh, with the first 1,000 program, and thank you very much. I've had enough. Well, then I'm just saying, why don't you guys try to do something different? Or even, like you said, name it a new project. Because I love the Free State Project. I love, well, I love what these people... Okay, pe- that's fine. And, and this, I, I mean, can I guess I, I I love the idea of the Free State Project, and the board frustrates me because it's slow and bureaucratic, like any board is. And there's nothing that can be done about that, right? I mean, there's you can replace the uh, the board people, and maybe that'll help. But the, how do you replace them? You can't. They just arbitrarily decide to replace themselves when they want to, right? You have no control over it. We, as the uh, Free State Project participants, have no input or influence over uh, who can be on the board. So it's and a it very wouldn't matter situation. if we got to twenty thousand. It's a very frustrating situation. Anything else you want to comment on tonight? Well, I just want to—I just want to ask you: What difference does it make if you really are worried about, you know, the Free State Project? What difference does it make is what you're called? If you bring in all these people in New Hampshire, you're the debtor liberty activists. Either way, they're there. 
It doesn't really matter. We're doing the same work. If You're we didn't, together. if we didn't, if, if if what Free Talk Live does, you see, the Free State Project is bigger yeah. and different than Free Talk Live, and we under, we at Free Talk Live understand that. Although we are the best draw for the Free State Project, they get draws from other directions. I would like Free Talk Live to be uh, successful in its area in drawing people to New Hampshire for liberty, and. Um, I would like the Free State Project to be successful in its way. I would, you know, so that's that's what my goal is. Okay, okay, and that's fine. And I totally think that's pretty awesome. You know, uh, citizen media is the future, I think, in the liberty movement. So I, I do have to commend you. You guys have one of the best radio shows I've ever heard. I have been a listener for a long time, so I'm not going to discount what you guys do. And just the fact that you have reached the 60 radio station level is just out uh, amazing. For it is amazing. Program. So, really, really I mean, I, I, amazing. I'm not trying to like say you guys are doing something wrong or discourage you. I'm just offering the thing that to say that uh, this infighting bullshit is getting annoying. You know, I've been in the Liberty Movement for three years. It's, 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 I'm sick of it. That's you know, all that happens in the Liberty Movement. Is I, I completely agree with you, and it's one of the reasons why I moved to New Hampshire, because I was tired of all the infighting in the Libertarian Party uh, down in Florida. Infighting is all over the place within the established political structures of the various different uh, and it's Liberty the groups. I won't p- participate in the organizers, the, the FSP organizers' uh, email list in uh, you know trying to get inv- uh, you know talk to people, talk people into this because I don't believe that things get solved by bickering in internet forums. I haven't seen that happen yet. It's not like we, it's not like Mark you entered into this with the intention of infighting. It's just the board. Right. Is- I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I just want the Free State Project to be successful. And it seems to me that the people in the Free State Project that are that are the board and stuff like that either don't know or don't care whether it is successful. We've got to worry about our appearances. Uh, our appearances of an organization that has been languishing and yeah. is is you know is from the outside it just looks like we're languishing and not doing anything. Hey dude, thanks for the concerns. I appreciate it. I share them with you and I thank you for the call tonight. I think we're about done here, Mark, because I'm hungry and I have not had my Manchester brewing for the night. Well, yet. I haven't. I haven't burned enough bridges. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, Manchesterbrewing.com uh, brought to you by some free staters. It's uh, an organization put together by free staters: mm-hmm. Jason Osborne, uh, Brian Travis, and a guy named um, oh, Kevin Bloom. Kevin, Kevin yeah. Bloom. Uh, good folks. He's the one behind the uh, the really funny ads. Oh, really? Oh, he wrote those? Yeah. Oh, okay, He's cool. very funny. I've got to say. Very cool. All right, so I think we're done. Uh, We will join you again tomorrow night online. In the meantime, of course, at freetalklive.com. We will be returning you here shortly to our online streams, and so enjoy. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. Okay, the Edgington Post interview series continues, and today I have with me a, a name that I've been hearing for years and years in the Liberty Movement, and I'm glad that I, I have the opportunity now to do an interview, and it's Jacob Hornberger, president of the uh, Future of Freedom Foundation. Jacob, are you there? Yes, I am. Excellent. Now, um, I've, sir, I get the email updates from the Future Freedom Foundation, and I read the, the blog that you have. And, uh, you know, now and then, I can't say I pour over it every single day, but <laughs> I feel that, you know, when the title's there and it interests me, I read it. 
what uh, what is the Future of Freedom Foundation? What are you guys doing? What are your what are your issues that uh, you're concerned with? Well, we're of course a nonprofit educational foundation. We were founded about 20 years ago, and our mission is to present an uncompromising moral, philosophical, and economic case uh, for libertarianism. Uh, and as as part of that mission, what we do is we take pure libertarian principles. We integrate them and apply them to the burning issues of the day, and we show people that not only is libertarianism a, a moral message, that not only does it have strong moral underpinnings, but actually it's the only practical, pragmatic solution to the, to the problems that, that besiege in this country. So, for example, we, we stress things like economic liberty and, and show why socialism and the direction that the Obama administration is going in now and, of course, uh, Republican predecessors went in mm-hmm. is wrong and destructive. We address foreign policy and show how the, these wars of aggression and invasions and occupations are down to the detriment of the American people. We address things like the drug war, gun control, and so forth. Well, you know, <laughs> you're speaking all the stuff that I totally agree with. I, um what uh, what are some of the ones that you're involved in like currently? I mean, how how is it that you go about lobbying? Um, or you're an educational foundation, so who are you educating? Yeah, we took the position from our very beginning that that there was no point in trying to focus on Washington or on you know public officials. I, I know some some educational institutes do that, but uh, we felt that what we would rather do is keep, sort of keep our backs to Washington and address the American people in, in the hopes of reaching a critical mass of people uh, that wanted to move the country toward libertarian principles. And in that case, Washington would inevitably reflect uh, public opinion at that point. So we figured that, it, that it, it's an educational mission that starts with the public rather than one that, that originates in Washington. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, I didn't didn't mean to interrupt interrupt, but uh, you know, do you think that's going well? Because it seems to me that uh, you know, with the Ron Paul revolution, that that the ideas of liberty are getting a little more purchase. But you know, they they were attractive to me when um, you know the contract with America came around in the mid '90s, and I sure believe that guy, that that guy Rush Limbaugh on the radio, he he seemed like he was really telling the truth. And then it turns out they, you know, they they get in charge and they stab us in the back. I mean, how how's it? How is it going for liberty in America right now? Well, you know, obviously we're living in some pretty dark times and have for some, you know, several decades, I would say, uh, at least from the time of the Franklin Roosevelt administration. But and then, of course, the last eight years of the Bush administration, where we had this enormous assault on civil liberties, mm. uh, not to mention the out of control federal spending. All of which, of course, we're seeing now under Obama, which it seems to me is just a third term of George W. Bush. Uh, but, but what you suggest is, is, to me, a very exciting phenomenon. I mean, this is, these are exciting times to be a libertarian. Uh, you mentioned Ron Paul. I mean, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal what he has done in terms of garnering attention and, and sort of uh, bringing people together that share these common views. Uh, these Tea Party uh, uh, things are a tremendously positive development. I mean, people are actually talking about that word socialism. We've been talking about it for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you've got Ron Paul's book, you know, End of the Fed on the New York Times about sellerless. I mean, that's incredible. It is. So we've been talking about, you know, monetary debasement and sound money for 20 years, but 
These are regular people that are out there now starting to talk about. So these ideas are starting to percolate. And we've always taken the position, Mark, is, look, don't worry about the results. The, the results you have no control over. Uh, just worry about your message. You know, keep your message pure. Talk about principles. Show people how this is pragmatic. Let the ideas percolate and spread them among the populace. And uh, let the results take care of themselves. But these are exciting times because it looks like the results might be manifesting themselves in a very positive, exciting direction. You know, I, I, I wonder about the, the purity thing that uh, you're referring to there. I I tend to agree that the, the more pure the message, the better. And many people, but many people would argue, and certainly the people that elected Bob Barr to the um, nominated Bob Barr to the the presidential seat for the Libertarian Party. I mean, obviously those people are are thinking, uh, you know, pra- the more, more the pragmatic pragmatists. Um, but you know, with with Ron Paul, more or less, he got his attention because he was prince. He has been principled for I don't know how many terms as a U.S. representative. And then he's kind of not principled on that area of immigration, so it's it's it seems like a, a bit of a line. How principled is principled? Well, that's a fascinating question. I mean, I, I I was active in the LP for many years, and I was on the platform committee, and we had this debate uh, ad infinitum. You know, yeah. should you um, advocate the pure principles, or or should there be gradualist or incremental approaches to freedom? And, I just feel that, you know, I, I was deeply influenced by the founder of the Foundation for Economic Education, Leonard Reed. And Reed emphasized something so important to me, that, that principles can never be compromised. They can only be abandoned. And uh, so to me, what, what, what really gets people's attention and, and, and their respect is, is devotion to principle. And once you start making exceptions to that principle, well, then your principles go out the window. And... Um, you know, a, a good friend of mine, the way he put it once, is, look, when, when people go to the barricades for liberty throughout history, it's not because of some cost-benefit analysis or because they want to reform some tyranny that they're suffering under. It's because they're going to the barricades because they love liberty. They love the concept of it. They want to be free. And uh, to me, the only way that, that really explains liberty is one of principles, and, and that, therefore that's what we've got to concentrate on. I mean, a good example of this in the, in the libertarian movement is the is the vouchers versus dismantling the state educational system. Yeah, let's I mean, talk I've about always, that. Well, I've always held that the vouchers are nothing more than a welfare plan. I mean, all you're doing is using the force of the state to take money from one person and give it to another. And it's a middle middle class welfare plan. And, and it violates the fundamental principle of liberty with respect to education. It leaves the state involved in the educational system. And it uses the state to, to provide this vehicle. It makes people dependent on it that, that are receiving the vouchers. But and they already the are dependent on it, right? Like they're, they're sending their, <clears throat> their uh, cute little middle-class kids, they're driving them there in their 2008 uh, Capri, Camrys and uh, whatever it is that they're driving, they're dropping them off there, and they're already dependent on the state. So how would vouchers change that? Well, that's, that's what I'm <laughs> suggesting. To me, vouchers are just a variation, a reform of the system. I see. They don't change it in a fundamental way. Well, what I've always argued and what we've argued at the Future of Freedom Foundation is forget vouchers. They don't, they don't lead you to educational freedom, as the voucher proponents were saying 20 years ago. All they lead you to is more state entrenchment in, the, in education. And so we have steadfastly opposed vouchers and said, look, we've got to raise people's vision to a higher level. 
a total separation of school and state, repealing compulsory attendance laws, repeal school taxes, sell off the school buildings, and leave the educational system in, to- in the total hands of the free market, for a family sovereignty, and so forth. And, uh, you know, our position is if, if libertarians won't stand for these libertarian principles, if, if they won't promote them, who's going to do that? That, that somebody's got to raise people's vision to that higher level, and, and the only people that are able to do that are the libertarians, because we're the only ones who really believe in it. So why waste our time with things like vouchers? I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've always been kind of on the fence on vouchers because it seems like it offers more freedom to at least the, uh, the, the, the parents. Um, but you're right that it, it certainly, um, it, it restricts freedom when it comes to private schools. It restricts, um, even though they'd be taking the, voluntarily taking the, uh, the funds and, um, it restricts freedom. Of, it continues to restrict the freedom of the taxpayer. Well, yeah, it takes money from people that may not even have children. And, and it, it's the same type of freedom that the welfare recipient would argue, or the food stamp recipient. He'd say, look, or, or the grant recipient, you're giving me f- more freedom because you've given me this grant that I can go now spend on, or my SBA loan, or my bailout money. You've given me greater freedom because you've bailed out my company. Uh, it, it's that kind of freedom that comes from taking what doesn't belong to you. I mean, the thief can argue after he steals a person's money in the dark alley, that he's got more freedom now to go do what he wants to do. Uh, well, that's why I think we have to constantly keep harping on the moral case. It's wrong to take what doesn't belong to you, and it's wrong to use the state to do that. And that's what vouchers do. They take money from one person who might not even have children and give it to another person. That's you, no different from any other welfare plan. You know, I, what I think is most insidious, and, and I agree that the way you're stating it, the, the person who might not have, a, have children is probably more succinct and easier to get the point across. But I've got a kid, and he's not old enough to attend school. However, I've got to pay to send other people who probably make more money than me. Um, I have to pay to spend to send their kids to school. Now, I'm buying educational tools for my kid all the time. You know, those those leapfrog things aren't cheap. And I, you know, I the, the money that I spent $3,000 this year or whatever it was to educate somebody else's kid could have been used to educate my own. Uh, well, absolutely. Well, well, that applies across the board. I mean, if we abolish income taxation, which is what libertarians have long called for, you get to keep all the money you earn and you decide how to spend it uh, with respect to your own family. But why shouldn't you have that responsibility and that opportunity? Uh, you, you know, it's just um, you, you take the responsibility of purchasing uh, your, your child's food, your child's clothing, uh, other necessities, his automobile. I mean, we don't think in terms of, wait a minute, government is supposed to do these things. It's just normally accepted. And the problem with education is that we've all grown up in this system where the state has this dominance and control that we, we become psychologically dependent on it. Uh, and as you say, it places an enormous burden on people. You know, uh, I, I found it interesting. There was a study that came out recently, and it was uh, of some very poverty-stricken people in foreign countries like India and, and Africa, and their habits on sending their kids to school. And when it came to sending their kids to school, they, uh, in some cases, in many cases, would choose to spend money for the private schools in their local area as opposed to sending them to the government schools. Now, I'm sure the level of education in these areas was lower than what it is here in the United States, but I find it interesting that the people and the, the the poorest of the people on the planet were willing to you know, scrape together whatever 
pennies they might have uh, been spending on this tuition in order to send their kids to private schools. And some of the private schools did give, uh, uh, you know, uh, scholarships and things like that. I don't want to diminish that. But they'd scrape together these pennies. They'd do whatever they could in order to send their kids to the best education they could get. But here in the United States, 90%, I'm just pulling a number out of the air, but I suspect I'm I'm probably guessing low, 90% of our kids go to public schools, and I can only, and 20% of them, uh, you know, the graduate, graduate from public schools, graduate functionally illiterate. And that's their own numbers. So I wonder, you know, what is it here in the United States? Where have we fallen off the wagon? I think I, I think your point is so well taken. But I really think it applies to the vast majority of parents. You know, if I had to guess, like 96%. Most people do care about the education and the well-being of their children. Now, yeah, you can turn, you can go and find extreme examples where people really sure. don't care at all. Sure. But... By and large, most people care, and I think that they, the problem is they honestly believe that public government schooling is a good thing. They think they're, they're doing their kids a favor by taking them to the school bus and putting them on there and sending them into this really what's like an army-like institution. Mm-hmm. And there, there's no telling how kids might be screwed up with all this coercion and interference. My argument is that, is that they become dependent on this system, and they believe in it because they are products of it. They say, oh, well, it worked on me. Why not for my children? Well, if you dismantled it, I think immediately parents would start taking a very active role, in a, uh, an assertive role. What is the best educational vehicle for my children? Some people may not be able to homeschool. That's fine. But all of a sudden, entrepreneurs would be flooding the market saying, look, we've got this vehicle for this kid and this vehicle for that kid, and we can pick your kid up and take him over here and so forth. I mean, it's impossible to imagine what the free market would bring into existence. But I have no doubt that the vast majority of parents would take responsibility and take take advantage of those programs. Yeah, I, you know, I I tend to agree that um, you know certainly I I think the vast majority of parents want the best things for their kids and and there's probably some odd ones out there that don't. Uh, but you know, I if you ask most people to which which is better, public education or private education, I think that most of them in the United States are going to say private education. I can tell you when I went, I've been, gone to both types of schools, and the one when I went to private school. The, the significant difference was just the deep level of care that the, uh, the, the, the teachers had for whether the students learned or not. I was on the dean's list in eighth grade. That's the good stuff, right? Like the high, as high as you can get. In ninth grade, I failed out of three classes. Um, you know, that's comparing those two. And it's, it was basically just based on how much the teachers cared. And I wonder, you know, where, I, I just, I've just got to wonder why it is, why is it in America that, we accept this public school, even if we believe, and I think most people believe that private schools are better, but they're not willing to pay for it, and I just don't know why. Well, a lot of it's just financial, though. As you pointed out, yeah. you pay double. I mean, you pay all this money in school taxes. People have to make choices because there's other things you got to spend money on. And uh, so they say, okay, well, the public schooling, quote, is free because mm-hmm. I've already paid for it. They're going to take my money from me anyway. Uh, why not uh, just go ahead and take advantage of that? And uh, as you know, private school is fairly limited, and so it's enormously expensive. Um, but I, I think, again, it's that mindset. It's sort of like Social Security. You know, we've all grown up now with Social Security, so it's considered 
an essential part of our lives. We couldn't live without it. I mean, old people said, I would die in the streets, and, and my gosh, I, there's just no way Social Security is a fantastic socialist program. Well, that's because everybody's become dependent on it, at least the old people have, and everybody thinks they're entitled to it. I think that's what socialism does. It is so insidious. And, and public schooling is just your model socialist program. But it makes people think, oh, my gosh, I couldn't do without it. It's something beneficial. They're educating my child. Uh, they did a fine job on me. The, the other interesting twist of this, Mark, is where state officials say, well, you, can't tr- you couldn't trust parents to manage the educational decisions of their children. And I always say, well, why isn't that? Aren't these parents graduates of public schools? <laughs> I really, really like that. So, um, I've, I've got to cut this, this short, Jacob. We've, uh, I've got to get, get ready to do the show here. Um, if people want to find out more about the, uh, F- uh, Future of Freedom Foundation, what do they do? How do they get a, how do they get your daily email? I don't even know how I got the daily email, uh, but I get it. So, uh, you know, how do people do that? Well, just go to our website at fff.org or Google the Future of Freedom Foundation. Our daily FF email update, we strive to make the best libertarian editorial op-ed page on the Internet. It goes out every day, and I think libertarians especially would love it. It's free for the asking. Just drop us an email saying, hey, put me on your email update list. And uh, from there on, they can kind of learn all the other vehicles and programs we're doing to advance liberty. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jacob. Oh, my pleasure. This has been great. Thank you so much, Mark, and thank your listeners. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.